And we are live. What's up, guys? Welcome to Fed It. Today, we're going to break down the FedWAP case. Let's get into it, guys. Okay, guys. I used to be a special agent of Homeland Security Investigations. This is the arrest paperwork, okay? So here is the booking. Uh, cases that I did mostly were human smuggling and drug trafficking. Those are like two crimes that I'm... Very good agent, very strong agent. I did a lot of big cases. I've done Title Three intercepts, which is basically listening to phones. I've written hundreds of affidavits to arrest people. I've done, uh, I've been a grand jury and testified a million times. I've done big cases. Uh, I've done. All right, and we are back. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Fresh and Fit. Oh, I mean, Fed It uh, <laughs> podcast. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today, guys. We're going to talk about um, the Fetty Wap case, okay? Um, for some of you guys that don't know, we got a lot to go over. So I'll just give you guys a quick little, uh, well, quick announcements first before we get into the show. Number one, uh, thank you guys for being here. You could be anywhere else in the world, but you're here watching me right now. I had to push the show back because of the, uh, the Super Bowl, obviously. And, uh, we're here now, which is great. So, <clears throat> uh, shout out to you, Keem Chillin, five bucks, super chat. Thank you so much. Uh, I got some assistance here in the background, by the way, as well. I may or may not reveal who it is on camera later on, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> But uh, so just so you guys know, tomorrow we're going to have uh, Bandman cover. We're going to talk about NFTs tomorrow. And then we're also going to have some lovely ladies on the podcast. We're going to move the show probably to around 8 p.m., guys, Eastern Standard Time. So stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, other than that, man, uh, let's pretty much get into this bad boy because we got a lot to cover here. I don't estimate that this one is going to be as long as the other shows. But um, there's there's some things here that we definitely need to talk about. Uh, Christian Warsham, thank you so much. Ten bucks. Uh, pump for tonight. Thank you so much, my friend. We got This is going to be a good one, by the way, guys. I'm really excited to do this one. So a quick little itinerary of what we're going to do here. We're going to go over who is Fetty Wap. Number two, we're going to talk about the DOJ press release. And surprise, surprise, guys, this was a state case before it was a federal case. Nobody told you that, though, huh? We're going to break that down as well. Also, I'm going to give you guys a background on how drug trafficking actually works. As you guys know, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of my background, how I got into, uh, how I became an agent, and the type of cases I investigated. And if you guys want... I actually have some old documents from a drug case. I actually did back in 2018, if you guys want me to go over that as well. Um, and then we're also going to talk about how drug cases are made as far as like informants, electronic surveillance, etc. And then we're going to talk about the federal indictment, which I have. And then we're also going to talk about um, he's released on bond. And then, of course, I'm going to give my predictions on what I think is going to happen on this investigation. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts, guys. Um, federal drug cases are not... Um, easy to beat. They're actually very difficult, but you know, we'll see what happens here and go from there. So, uh, all right, cool. So let's, uh, let's get right into it guys. And we got 400 of you guys in here right now. So do me a quick favor, like the video. I appreciate it. I took a bunch of notes for you guys. We got a great show planned. So, uh, let's get into it. Okay. So number one, who is Fetty Wap? So break it down for y'all right now. Cause some of you guys might not know who this guy is. So here he is. This is uh, Fetty Wap right here. Willie Jr. Maxwell II, born uh, June 7th, 1991. Better known uh, by his stage name, Fetty Wap is an American rapper, singer, and songwriter. He rose to prominence after his debut single, Trap Queen. You guys know what I'm talking about here? 1738. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that song. Uh, reached the number, number two on the U.S. Billboard uh, Hot 100 in May 2015. This helped Fetty Wap secure a record deal with 300 Entertainment. The single was followed up with two top 10 U.S. singles in the U.S., 679, and then uh, featuring Remy Boys and My Way, which if you guys 
I don't remember that song, baby. Won't you come my way? I, I don't mean to butcher the song, but you guys get the idea, okay? This guy is a hit maker. I mean, I remember from when he came out back in like 2014, like to like 2017, anyone, any major feature had this dude on it, man. Fetty Wap, uh, very well known for um, you know, his vocals and singing, and he just does hooks, man. You know what I'm saying? He was the T Pain of the 2014 era. You know what I'm saying? He was like the the T Pain for us, and the you know T Pain for you guys that don't know was like the Auto Tune era from like oh I want to say from like oh five to like 2010. Like T Pain was on top, and then you know things started to shift, and you got other people that are famous for singing hooks. Um, and then uh, let's see here. Both were featured on Fetty Wap's uh, Eponymous. I probably butchered that debut album released in September 2015, and peaking atop the U.S. Billboard 200 Fetty chart. Uh, so he was born and raised in Patterson, New Jersey, uh, born with glaucoma in both eyes. Maxwell revealed in a 2015 interview that doctors were unable to save his left eye and instead fitted him with an ocular prosthesis. He attended Eastside High School before dropping out in order to pursue his music career. And for some of you guys that are wondering how he got the name Fetty Wap, well, guys, slang um, in the East Coast in general is, hey, I'm getting that Fetty. It means money. And then Wap, he took after um, Gucci Mane, who goes by the name Guwap, right? Um, so he named himself Fetty Wap in, uh, you know, in honor of uh, Gucci Mane. A lot, Gucci Mane is a big inspiration to a lot of these newer artists. Um, but yeah, guys, Patterson, New Jersey is the hood. That's definitely uh, not a safe place to be. So we kind of know uh, his background. You know, Fetty Wap is referred to as music as ignorant R&B. <laughs> That's actually very true. <laughs> What a perfect description of his music. Uh, he combines singing and rapping. Fetty Wap usually wears the flag of Haiti in honor of his daughter's late grandmother and draws influences from Haitian culture. In an interview with Civil TV, he said that he fell in love with the culture. People don't know what Haiti means to me. On several occasions, Fetty Wap also cited Atlanta-based rapper Gucci Mane as a major influence in his music, which is where he got the Wap from, guys, uh, for Guap. And uh, shout out to all my Haitians out there, all the Zs, all the Zos. So, um... So we know who Fetty Wap is, guys, right? Like, I mean, this guy, he's famous. You know, this is him performing in 2015, Patterson, New Jersey, etc. Okay, so let's go back here. Okay, so now uh, let's see here. I want to make sure I didn't miss any of these chats. Um, we got uh, W. Alfonso. I love this channel. Five bucks. Thank you so much. Isaac J. Smooth. Sheesh, bro. Was worried you weren't going to be able to live stream, but I'm glad it worked out. Also, shout out to FNF and Unplug Fitness. Thank you so much, bro. I appreciate that. And yeah, don't worry, guys. Um, <clears throat> Uh, you know, the only reason I had to push it back was because of the Super Bowl. I didn't want to make you guys have to pick between the Super Bowl or uh, watching this, so it's okay. Uh, definitely do Kwame Kilpatrick. I don't know who that is, but I'll do research. I know you guys want me to cover quite a few. I got a whole list of uh, of cases that you guys want me to do, so don't worry. <laughs> Patterson, yeah, you better only go there in the daytime. <laughs> yeah, you're right, King Life Facts. Um, but yeah, I don't personally don't watch sports, guys, but I know you guys do, so I didn't want to do that. So... As you guys know, uh, back in October, Fetty Wap got hit with some very serious drug charges, okay? He got arrested uh, at the Rolling Loud Music Festival. But before we get into how he actually got arrested, let's go over what led to the events of him getting arrested, okay? So uh, then let me close this tab up. Okay, so I'm going to share a screen with y'all real fast. You know what? Maybe I can do... Okay, don't worry about this. Ignore this for now. I'm going to move this over here. Bang. Okay, there we go. So just so you guys know, I had to do some research here, but I figured out that the Fetty Wap case, the federal case that we have now, was actually a state case first, which is very alarming to me because um, the fact that it was a state case first and then they decided, you know what, let's take this federal, 
tells me there's a lot of moving parts. But let's uh, let's read this pr uh, press release from the DEA, okay? Drug Enforcement Administration, for all my foreign people out there, the DEA is in charge of handling domestic drug investigations in the United States, okay? They investigate violations of Title 21, okay? Um, so hold on, let me enlarge this a little bit so y'all can see what the hell's going on here. I right, hold on, enlarge. Oh, it's control plus, duh. Okay, okay. So multi-agency investigation leads to arrest of five, seizure of 17 kilograms of cocaine, two kilograms of heroin, 4,000 counterfeit oxycodone pills, oxy pills, nine guns, and 1.5 million of drug proceeds. And this, guys, look at the date, was June 29th, 2020 was the press release, okay? So this is in Long Island, a.k.a. Strong Island, okay? USDEA Special Agent in Charge of New York Division, Ray Donovan, Suffolk County District Attorney Timothy D. Sunny, U.S. Postal Service Office of Inspector General, Northeast Area Special Agent in Charge, Matthew Modaferi, God damn, that's a mouthful, and Suffolk County Police Commissioner Geraldine Hart today announced the arrest of five individuals and the seizure of 17 kilos of cocaine, 2 kilograms of heroin, and 4,000 oxy pills, more than $1.5 in cash, and numerous firearms, and a takedown of an alleged multi-million dollar cross-country drug distribution network operating in Suffolk County out there in Long Island, a.k.a. Strong Island. This investigative ex uh, investigation exemplifies how drug traffickers have been have been impacted by the coronavirus, adopting smuggling methods, transportation routes, and money laundering operations to maintain security and social distancing, said Ray Donovan, special agent charge of the DA in New York Division. Allegedly, the Sosa organization operation was a major drug supplier for Long Island and the tri-state area, and by seizing nine guns and millions of dollars worth of listed narcotics, law enforcement is saving lives, okay? And this is them basically, um, you know, these are, these are the people giving their statements. Um, so we'll just skip this because we don't really care about what the, you know, what the postal inspector and everything. This always happens, guys. So anytime there's, let me just bring this, uh, hold on. Stop the show. Anytime there's a big uh, a takedown, okay, pretty much the the agencies, right, the the prosecutors, etc. Sometimes if the case is really big, like the director of the agency will show up and they'll do a press release. They'll do a press conference. And when they do the press conference, you know, they're all sitting there with the shirt and ties and everything else like that. And they talk about, oh, yeah, we law enforcement won today. We got this and blah, blah, blah. So they give their statements. OK, give me ones in the chat if you guys want me to read the statements of the uh, of the uh, district attorney and the postal inspection person. Or if you guys want me to just get right into the facts of the case, give me ones in the chat if you guys want me to read their statements. If not, I'll get right into the facts of the case. If two, if you want me to get into the facts. One, if you want me to read their read their uh, statements. Uh, ones, okay. Looks like you guys want me to read it. Okay, fair enough. I will. Are we getting all ones over there? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. All right. All ones. Okay. All right then. Um. So. Let's see here. Okay, so this is a DEA special agent in charge that said this. So here we go. The magnitude of this drug investigation is enormous. They were responsible for peddling millions of dollars in narcotics on almost a weekly basis. District Attorney Sidney said, not only did this organization continue their illicit operation during the coronavirus pandemic, they also exploiting the limited availability of certain narcotics during the health crisis to generate even greater profits off their sales. With this takedown, we put a large-scale drug distribution network out of business and prevented 17 kilos of cocaine, 2 kilos of heroin, and 4,000 counterfeit oxy pills from reaching the streets of Suffolk County. This was outstanding work by the members of the office's Special Narcotics Bureau in collaboration with the Drug Enforcement Administration, the Suffolk County Police Department, the U.S. Postal Inspection Service, and all our law enforcement partners involved in this investigation. Okay, stop the show. So I want to make this very clear to you guys right now. The state is prosecuting this case according to this press release because you got the district attorney. Okay, guys, remember how I told you guys before, there's two different types of ways to get prosecuted. You got the state and the feds. So the feds, you got something called assistant United States attorneys or U.S. attorneys, okay? 
the state has something called district attorney uh they got district attorneys or ADA assistant district attorney okay and the district attorney Sini right this guy basically is the head of all the ADA so the district attorney is the leader and then you got assistant district attorney underneath him hence the word assistant in before district attorney same thing with the federal prosecutor's office with the AUSA's office it's you got the United States attorney and then underneath him you got the what assistant United States attorneys so ADA versus AUSA this is a state case okay because the state is there for the press conference all right but you got two federal agencies involved in this case you got the DEA and you got the U.S. Postal Inspection Service, which this is going to make sense in a second why the U.S. Postal Inspection was involved. And for some of you guys that are wondering, U.S. Postal Inspection Service are basically criminal investigators that investigate crimes that are used facilitating the U.S. mail. Okay? So let's keep going on here. Hope you guys are enjoying this. Like the video because ain't nobody going to give you all a breakdown of these federal cases like this on the Internet because, hell, I used to do these cases. So, um, all right. This is another example of the focus and tenacity of the men and women of this department as they continue their relentless work to protect our residents. Suffolk County Police Commissioner Geraldine Hart said, okay, so she's the head of the Suffolk County uh, Police Department, right? Which is actually one of the highest paid police departments in the United States, by the way, guys. Uh, New York is not cheap to live in. By intercepting seven kilos of cocaine, two kilograms of heroin, 4,000 oxy pills, and arresting five people, three of whom are major drug traffickers, this investigation has significant impact on the drug supply in Suffolk County and will help us stop the spread of narcotics. I would like to recognize efforts of our narcotics section detectives and the members of the DEA task force, as well as our partners in the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office. Okay. <laughs> Guys, this is very common. In major cities in the United States, whether it's uh, you know New York City or you know adjacent cities that are close by or whatever it may be, there's th this is all over the United States. Drug task forces, okay? And what is a drug task force? A drug task force, guys, is typically either run by um, the DEA, a HIDA program, High Intensity Drug Trafficking Area. That's what HIDA stands for, guys. And it's basically a federal mandate that gives money to uh, law enforcement agencies that allows them to do drug trafficking investigations, okay? And um, these drug task force agencies, typically it's made up of federal, state, municipal police, etc., and they all work together to combat drug trafficking in high drug trafficking areas, a.k.a. major cities, all right? So, um, so DEA task force, this is very common that DEA has task forces all over the place. And I explained to you guys on other episodes what task force officers are, okay? If you guys want me to give, uh, give that explanation again, uh, we'll stay tuned for the rest of the show. So when drug trafficking organizations seek to use the Postal, Inspection, Postal Service to further the distribution of narcotics, the U.S. Postal Service Office of Inspector General will work tirelessly with our law enforcement partners to disrupt the criminal enterprise, said Matthew Madafari. Uh, Matafari, Special Agent Charge of the U.S. Postal uh, Office of Inspector General, Northeast Area. Today's announcement is a culmination of outstanding work, and I would like to commend the DEA Task Force, the Suffolk County Police Department, and the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office for their tireless efforts in this investigation. Okay, so we got all the, you know, all the politically correct announcements of, you know, what they're going to say. Anytime, like I said, anytime there's a big arrest, every agency figurehead is going to show up, make their little statement, and, you know, talk you know basically it's them talking their shit like hey we got you motherfuckers but in a very politically correct way so let's get into the investigation okay an investigation was launched in may 2019 by the suffolk county district attorney's office dea and suffolk county police department into alleged drug dealings by james sosa 25 of waiting river brian sullivan 24 of lake grove and their associates keep these names in mind guys okay james sosa and waiting uh, and uh brian sullivan the alleged drug trafficking ring would purchase narcotics on the west coast of the United States for transportation back to Suffolk County. It is alleged that members of this drug trafficking ring would utilize various methods to move narcotics and narcotics proceeds 
proceeds guys as money. Over the course of this investigation, often switching these methods to thwart detection by law enforcement. These methods include cross-country trips and vehicles and airplanes, as well as the use of mail carrier services, aka the USPS, as we discussed earlier. Pursuant to the investigation, law enforcement officers executed search warrants on June 27th at six locations in connection with the alleged drug distribution ring, including residences in Lake Grove, Waiting River, Port Jefferson Station, Coram, Selden, and Brentwood. Okay, stop the show. Let me make this extremely clear for you guys, just so you guys know what the fuck is going on here, okay? It goes here. They executed search warrants on June 27th at six locations in connection with the alleged drug distribution ring, okay? I did drug cases for a long time. Anytime you get a search warrant to look at a house, nine out of 10 times, there's an informant involved. Okay, I'm gonna say that one more time for y'all. Nine out of 10 times, you're doing a search warrant at a house, there was an informant or an undercover agent involved to some degree, most likely an informant, okay? Because drug trafficking is a very, hey, this is our type thing, you're not involved. Uh, you know, let me deal with only a small group of people. I'm not going to sell drugs to you unless I know who you are. I'm not going to move drugs for you unless I know who you are, etc. So the fact that they did these search warrants already tells me I know they got informants involved. Okay. And on top of that, I want to make this very clear. This was a state case first, guys. Okay. To get a state search warrant is significantly easier than getting a federal search warrant. All right. I'm going to say that one more time for y'all. Getting a state search warrant is far easier than getting a federal search warrant, okay? So this happens a lot of the times with these task forces. What they'll do is, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm a DEA special agent, right, and I'm on a task force with state and locals, et cetera, and I know that this house, we've been looking at this house for a while, we know that they're selling drugs out of that house, maybe we sent an informant or undercover agent in to go and buy drugs, it's gonna be far easier and faster, by the way, for me to have, you know, a, a, a you know a detective that works for the state whether he's you know suffolk county detective or he's a new york state police or nypd whatever the hell it's going to be way easier for him to go ahead and get a search warrant through a state judge versus me going through a federal judge okay the state judge the state judge system is a lot better they tend to work uh more flexible hours you can go to a judge's house at night sometimes and get assigned can you do it federally yes you can but it needs to be an emergency so with drug cases it's almost always better to work with the state and get state search warrants if you can okay so uh that tells me off rip that i know that they probably did state search warrants on this because they had the adas involved and adas will get you a search warrant back much faster than the feds will okay and I'll just be honest with you. It's easier to get a state search warrant than it is to get a federal one, bro. I'm just going to keep it a thousand with y'all. Anytime I needed to hit a house quick, I would always go to my state guy and be like, hey, can you get a search warrant uh, you know, in a couple hours? Yes, I can. Because remember, guys, when you're looking at a drug house, they can destroy the evidence immediately. They might not have dope when you go ahead and want to do a search warrant. So you need to act quickly. You know what I'm saying? When you got information that the house is being used, you need to move fast. All right? So I'm willing to bet that they had done operations on each of these six stash houses prior to getting the search warrants, maybe a day or two in between, got the search warrants all cut at the same time, hit all six residences at the same time, and got this big hit that they got right here, which we're going to go over in a second, all right? Um, the search warrants resulted in a seizure of 17 kilos of coke, two kilos of heroin, approximately $1.5 million in cash, approximately 4,000 oxy pills, nine firearms, and drug paraphernalia consistent with packaging and sales, including kilo presses and cutting agents. In addition, 
Numerous luxury vehicles used in alleged transport of narcotics have been seized and were for forego forfeiture proceedings, which means they basically seized the assets and now they're going to basically, uh, they're going to take it. They're going to seize it and, and forfeit, forfeit it. You know, it's been forfeited to the U.S. government now, right? And you guys probably want some pictures of what was taken. I got y'all. Don't worry. I got the pictures right here. Your boy's prepared, okay? So here's some of the money that they took, okay? Here's some of the money, right? Here's uh, the the pressing the, the the pressing stuff that they used to conceal the dope, and here's a couple of the keys, man. Oh Lord, not looking good, man. Not looking good at all. This is quite a bit of dope, guys. And I'll tell you guys this: this is a big hit. 17 kilos of cocaine and two kilos of heroin, and 1.5 million dollars of cash. This is fucking huge. Okay. Um. Now, granted. I used to work on the Mexican border, so 17 kilos of cocaine is a joke. But in, in the interior, you know, in, in Long Island, this is a big fucking deal, all right? This is a huge seizure, all right? So as you guys can see. And also, this, you know what made it? You guys are probably wondering, Myron, how did you figure out that this was a state, ca state case first? So look, I see here Suffolk County District Attorney's Office, and I was like, what the fuck? Why, why are they involved? And then also, I used to work with DEA very closely. If you guys see here, and let me enlarge it for y'all. So this right here, guys, these evidence bags, these are DEA evidence bags, okay? Because I can see the seal right here, right? Like I told y'all, I used to work with the DEA very closely because I used to do drug cases. So, you know, it would always be, and to be honest with you, it's better to give them the drugs when you work with them because they have like a whole system with drugs because that's what they do. They do drug cases. Technically, as you know, I used to work for HSI. Could I seize the drugs too? For sure. I have Title 21 authority as well. But it was always better to go with the DEA when it came to seizing drugs because they they can lab test it for you. They have the chemists. You know what I'm saying? Drugs is what they do. DEA is a single authority agency. Title 21, baby, which is drugs in the federal system, okay? So these evidence bags are very familiar, and that's what had me very confused. So I was like, did the FBI really do this case? Because you're gonna, you guys are going to see here in a second, the FBI gets involved as well, which I have a suspicion of how that happened. But yeah, so here's the drugs, right? And uh, yeah, here we go. Bam. Heroin, cocaine, etc. So this is no bueno for these guys. <laughs> All right, let me minimize this joint. So let's go back into reading this DEA press release, okay? So. Um, and hey, yo, guys, like the video, give me some ones in the chat if you guys are enjoying this and you guys are learning quite a bit because I'm dropping a lot of knowledge right here that you ain't gonna get anywhere else on the internet. Give me some ones in the chat if you guys are enjoying this, okay? Because, like I said, nobody has this type of knowledge, uh, on YouTube. That's a fact. Uh, okay, glad, okay, awesome, awesome. I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. Like the video. There's 1,300 of you guys in here. Do me a solid. I, you guys don't got to donate any money. Just like the video. I, and it helps a lot with the algorithm, especially since we're going on a little bit later. Okay. So um, law enforcement previously seized one kilo of cocaine earlier in the investigation for a total of 17 kilos of cocaine, two kilos of heroin, and 4,000 oxypills. The cocaine has an estimated street value of $1.6 and the heroin has an estimated street value of $520,000. However, the resale value of the drugs, once they are processed and mixed with cutting agents, is estimated to be more than $4 million. Okay. You guys are probably wondering, what the hell? Yes, guys, cocaine is extremely expensive. When I was an agent, uh, a kilo of cocaine in Laredo, Texas was worth about $29,000, okay? Um, and then if you were able to get that kilo of cocaine up to Chicago, because so Laredo, Texas, guys, is like pretty much like in the center of Texas, okay? It's right on the Mexican border, and it connects to Interstate Highway 35, okay? Interstate 35 pretty much takes you right into San Antonio, Texas, 
Once you get into San Antonio, Texas, you got Interstate 10 and you got Interstate, um, which goes east to west. And then you got uh, the 410, right? And if you get on Interstate 10, that could take you to either Los Angeles or to Jacksonville, east to west. It goes across the entire country. And then if you take 35 all the way up, I think it takes you to uh, Minneapolis or it takes you somewhere to Indiana. But you can get off there and go into Chicago, which a lot of the times where that's where the drugs were going, was some kind of destination city, whether it was going to go to San Antonio, Dallas, um, it can go to Houston because remember Interstate 10. You get once you get to San Antonio, you can head west. No, excuse me, east, and that will take you to Houston. So, um, so uh, what was I going with this? Oh, so the first, the the point I'm trying to make is this: the, once okay, so a kilo of cocaine in Mexico is about at the time when I was there about five to ten thousand. Okay, as soon as you cross into the border, it's about twenty nine thousand in Laredo. Okay, then from there. Once you get it past the checkpoint, it goes up in price to about, you know, $35,000, $40,000. You get it past the Border Patrol checkpoints, et cetera. Then once you get it to Chicago, it's worth about $50,000, okay? Same with New York City, same with Atlanta. These are the main major city hubs, okay? Houston, Atlanta, New York, um, Chicago, LA, uh, Phoenix. These are all huge drug hub cities, okay? So it goes exponentially. And then from there, once you get it to your main destination, what do they do? They start, they, they distribute it. And then they uh, they cut it down and they mix it with cutting agents and then you're able to double the money. So a kilo of cocaine that was worth $50,000, now it's worth $100,000, if not more, because you can cut that coke up, right, and put cutting agents in it and stretch that money out. So that's when they say the drugs have been stepped on, etc. that's what they mean. It means it's been used, uh, cutting agents have been used in it to dilute the quality of the drug, but creates the, uh, but creates more volume of said drug so that they can make more money. So that's why when I was in Texas, right, in Laredo, Texas, all the drugs I was seizing was like 99% pure because it was coming right across the border fresh, all right? So that's how, and I can go over in detail how drug smuggling works on another episode, guys, because that's its own episode, but that is typically... Um, how drugs work as far as monetary value goes in the United States. The closer it is to the border, the less it is in value, the further away from the border it is, uh, the more expensive it becomes, okay? Especially once you get it past Border Patrol checkpoints, you want to get it off the southwest border. So, yeah, that's how it goes. Um, cool. So let's uh, continue on here with uh, with this. Um, the individual arrested in connection with the alleged drug trafficking operation are as follows. James Sosa, 25 Waiting River. Uh, two counts of operating as a major trafficker, a class A felony counts, uh, blah, blah, blah. This is basically all state charges, guys, okay? And then Brian Sullivan, 24, Lake Grove, is charged with two counts of operating as a major drug trafficker, A1 felony, right, which is the New York. These are all New York statutes, okay? Deshaun Jones, 33, of Pasick, New Jersey, is charged with operating as a major trafficker, a class A felony, you know. Uh, Anthony Leonardi, 46, of Cram, is charged with conspiracy in the second degree, a class B felony. Leonardo Leonardi was arraigned yesterday and was released on supervised release. Anthony Sinte, uh, uh, Passaic, New Jersey, is charged with criminal possession of a controlled substance in the first degree. This guy, guys, is a fucking corrections officer. And you guys are going to see here in a second why I think um, the feds took this case here in a second. <laughs> Myron Jr., dead. How do, you, how do you know all this? Fuck you, bro. <laughs> yeah, some some uh, some girl said that I got her pregnant. That's how that started. It was Yeah, so they consistently troll me now on that oh my God. yeah it's very funny but anyway thank you myron jr <laughs> I, I can't escape this guy um so if convicted of the top count sosa sullivan and jones each face a maximum sentence of 25 years to life in prison um and then this investigation involved numerous investigative techniques including the use of court 
unauthorized eavesdropping. Hold on, stop the fucking show. I don't know what the fuck court authorized eavesdropping means, but what that tells me is that's probably something called Title III, guys, okay, in the federal system. What is a Title III? Well, I'm glad you asked. I will actually pull it up for you guys right now because I've talked about Title Threes many times. And, um, <clears throat> hold on, Title Three. All right, so I'm going to pull this up for y'all. Uh, okay, so here we go. I'm going to give it to you guys straight from the Bureau of Justice Assistance uh, with the government site, okay? So a Title Three, guys, Title Three of the Omnibus Crime Control and Safe Streets Act of 1968, a.k.a. the Wiretap Act, guys, okay? Title Three of the Omni uh, Omnibus Crime Control and Safe Streets Act of 1968, Wiretap Act, pretty much 18 U.S.C. 2510 to 22 as amended by the Electronic Communications Privacy Act, the Communications Assistance to Law Enforcement, right, Kalia. Anti-terrorism and effective death penalty of 1996, etc. These statutes are coded. 18 U.S.C. 2510. Okay, so 18 U.S.C. You know what, man? I got it. What I'm going to do for you guys one day, I'm going to pull up one of my old affidavits I did for a drug case that I did back in the day um, where I did uh, a wiretap like this. It is not easy to listen to someone's phone, okay? But Title III of the Omnibus uh, Crime Control and Safe Streets Act, also known as Wiretap Act, prohibits the unauthorized non-consensual interception of wire oral or electronic communication by government agencies as well as private parties, establishes procedures for obtaining warrants to authorize wiretapping by government officials, and regulates the disclosure and use of authorized intercepted communications by investigative and law enforcement officers. So what I'm willing to bet, guys, is um, when they say court-authorized eavesdropping, this is probably the state's version of Title III. Okay, because remember, this was a state case first. Matter of fact, you know what? Let's Google this bad boy. Let's let's go. Let's investigate this together. Together, court authorized. Because I've never heard eavesdropping before. <laughs> New York. Let's see here. Oh, there we go. Eavesdropping means wiretapping, mechanical overhearing of conversation, or the intercepting or accessing of electronic communication. Let me tell you guys something about wiretaps. <laughs> if the feds are listening to your phones, it's a fucking rap. I'm going to say that again. If the police are listening to your phone, it is a fucking rap guys so this tells me that what that means is that the state okay was listening to these guys phones which makes perfect sense because the fact that they did six, six search warrants okay i told you guys already if they're doing search warrants that means there's informants involved and when there's informants involved what do you do you build the case okay you have the informant make dirty phone calls he you know what before I get into this, let me make sure I have. Okay, I'm looking through my notes real fast. Okay, before I break down how drug cases work, we're gonna talk. You know, we're gonna we're gonna revisit this. Okay, so put a little pause on this for a second. I'm gonna come back and talk about wiretaps and how drug cases are actually built from the ground up in a second. But now that we read the state case, right? Now we know 
So they used eavesdropping. So these guys were listening to phones, state phones, of course, right? W excuse me. They did state affidavits to get um, wire intercepts. So they were wiretapping, but state from, through the state, okay? The search warrants were executed by law enforcement agents from DEA's Long Island District Office, which includes the following agencies, New York State Police, Suffolk County District Attorney Office, Suffolk County Police Department, Suffolk County Sheriff's Office, Nassau County District Attorney, Nassau County Police Department, Nassau County Sheriff's Office, and the Hempstead Police Department. The Suffolk County Police Department also uh, provided extensive additional resources from their narcotics section, firearm suppression team, emergency services section, and canine section to execute these warrants. Guys. This is why drug task forces work together. See how they're all working together and leveraging each other's skills and abilities to go ahead and do the case, okay? Because here's the thing with the DEA that people don't know. Did you guys know that the DEA has maybe, hmm, like two or 3,000 agents nationwide? It's a very small agency, guys. Most of the DEA's manpower actually comes from task force officers, which I'm going to break down for y'all right now. We talked about it on other episodes, but um, okay, you know what? Give me ones in the chat if you guys want me to explain again what task force officers are, or I'll just get, or give me a two if you guys want me to just keep going on as far as like why task forces work. So one in the chat if you guys want me to define what task force officers are, break it down again, or two, uh, you guys want me to just get into how task forces work. King Life goes five bucks. If Myron was at court, all you need to hear him say when he was listening to into your phone calls was, I took notes. <laughs> okay, let's see here. What are we looking like? More ones or twos? More ones? Okay. All right. So, um, all right. What's a task force officer? Okay. <laughs> task force officer, guys, aka a TFO, is someone who is a state or local law enforcement officer nine out of ten times. Like, let's say, let's say in this case, uh, a detective from the Suffolk County, um, or from the uh, Suffolk County Police Department, right? A detective from that police department. Well, if he's a task force officer with the DEA, what happens is now he's designated where he can do federal cases and state cases. So he has authority in both courts. He can go to a federal judge or he can go to a state judge. And the reason why these guys are so vital is because they have dual authority. A DEA special agent cannot prosecute a state case, but a, a Nassau County Police Department officer can prosecute a state case and he can also prosecute a federal case so he has both authorities so he carries two different badges and how do you become a task force officer well most of the time i think with the dea especially you go over to quantico you go to their academy you take some federal drug trafficking uh classes uh you get and you could do some training and then they basically give you a, a silver dea badge you become a tfo and then bang now you're a federal agent essentially you have all the authorities of a dea special agent okay um and the other thing too why task forces are so big is because the feds pay for the state's overtime okay so let's say uh you know you got you said you got new york state police here you got suffolk county police department etc all these guys are part of this the task force right with the dea well when you're out there doing surveillance it can add up very quickly right you could be spending a lot of money on paying guys overtime to watch a drug house especially drug cases it's a lot of surveillance it's a lot of hours a lot of manpower is required right so what you're able to do with the feds is the state police, the locals, etc. when they work overtime, guess what? Their department doesn't pay for the overtime the feds do. So what happens is they pay the the you know, they pay their guys the overtime, then the feds most of the time they'll reimburse the agency. So all these guys on on the uh on on the task force that are uh, TFOs with DEA, what happens is when they work overtime, they submit their timesheet as usual to their boss in their in their home agency, then they're paid, but that money that they're paid, 
all the overtime that they're paid for uh, for the DEA gets reimbursed by the federal government. That's why guys love to be on these task forces because the department doesn't pay. So you're able to basically get someone over as extra manpower and um, it's like an added force and they have dual authority. So it's a win-win for all agencies. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's why task forces are so big. And as you guys can see, there was quite a bit of assistance here from the state with the fire suppression team, canines, etc. Feds don't have these kind of resources a lot of times, guys. Okay. Uh, bro, my dad's cool and y'all like the video. <laughs> Thanks, Myron Jr. Uh, and then it says here, the case is being prosecuted by Assistant District Attorney Kristen Barnes of the Special Narcotics Bureau. So it's a state case. Now, let's fast forward. And next thing you know, now we got a Fed case. Okay? <laughs> so, uh... So the case uh, was brought up and made into a federal case, which I didn't realize until I was looking at those pictures like I told y'all before. Now, let me make sure I have. Um, okay, cool. So let's read the federal case, guys, um, which has quite a bit of overlap with the state case. And then I'm going to break down to you guys how these drug cases actually work. All right. And like the video, by the way. All right. How many likes we at right now? Let's see. And shout out to the mystery person in the back helping me out with the, with the chats. You want to introduce yourself to the people? You want to say hello while I pull this up? What's up? Go ahead and say hello. They, the mic is right here. Oh, no, I got you. They can see you now. Hold on. Uh, there you go. You want to say your name? Damn, but don't give them your social security number and shit. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, yeah, guys, get the likes up. God damn it. Yeah, we only got we got 1.7k you guys in here and only 183 likes guys. Come on, man. Get it to at least like 1.5, man. Not that hard. I'm giving y'all some heat. You guys get to see some titties on screen. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Like the goddamn video. It's not that hard. Oh, is her mic is muted? Oh, yeah, yeah, hold on. All right. Now say hello, introduce yourself real fast. Go ahead. Hi everyone. I'm Denise. <laughs> okay, yeah. Last time she gave her full name on there and social security <laughs> number, so um Myron Gaines III, who is going to solve my real father case? Yo, you guys are fucking hilarious, man. But anyway, uh, but like the video, man. You guys are getting some education, some boobs, everything. Like the goddamn video, all right? So, okay, let's see here. Let's start with, uh, okay. So we're going to read this press release real quick, all right? And you guys are hilarious in here. The, the chat is, you guys... <laughs> Uh, do you run the risk of getting in trouble being that you may be giving too much game no i'm not guys this is all public information if you watch any crime documentary this stuff comes up all the time so this is all pretty much public knowledge it's just that most people don't like you know go through the process of like reading all the stuff fetty wap hustling backwards yeah bro he is hustling backwards and we're going to talk about how fetty wap is gets involved roped in now because if you guys notice fetty wap was not mentioned on the state case next vid Myron Gaines, fed time for child neglect. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Myron Jr. Uh, did Dad, are you my real father? Is it really fresh? Myron Gaines the third. No, you're probably Fresh's kid, bro. You're you're too dark to be my kid. So, um, <laughs> yo, the trolling is a one. I, I love you guys, bro. Shout out to the chat. You guys are hilarious. And then we got uh, Jawless, um, Jawless door one dollar. Thank you so much. And then uh, Big Al, Myron, make your son a mod already. All right, I'll make him a mod. But, bro, you better not be tr going too crazy in here. Let me see if I can find him in here. And then we're going to get into this uh, federal case breakdown. Freshman CEO Junior. Yeah, I know, bro. You guys are hilarious. 
uh, let's see here. Where is Myron Jr.? I'm trying to find him here. Okay. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a uh a wrench, Myron Jr. Don't disappoint me. But I need you to comment right now so I can actually do it. But yeah, y'all are y'all are funny, bro. Real talk. Uh, okay. Yeah, he is yeah, people the, the, the trolling never ends. You know what I'm saying? It's like they 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 definitely like make fun of me and it's uh it's hilarious. So anyway, it is what it is. Okay, so uh Okay. So let's read this press release real quick. I'm going to enlarge it for you guys real fast so we know what the hell is going on here. All right. So here we go. Six individuals indicted for conspiracy to distribute more than 100 kilograms of controlled substance on Long Island and in New Jersey. Defendants include a New Jersey correction officer and rap artist Fetty Wap. That's not good. Um, oh, oh, here, this is a good super chat. YNW Melly will be found not guilty based on lack of evidence proving beyond a reasonable doubt of him being in the car. Bortley won't test Bortland won't testify. Bro, they don't need his testimony. <laughs> like, did you did you uh, Harris, did you watch my uh my episode on the YNW Melly case, bro? You got to go check that out. They don't need Bortland's testimony. And he, honestly, I'm a little suspicious that he he was released on bond. I'd be very surprised if he didn't testify or or uh or um take the stand. And here's the other thing. Let's say he doesn't take the stand. The circumstantial evidence against YNW Melly is overwhelming, guys. They have him in the area with phone data. It's indisputable, my friend. Okay? <laughs> and the way the from where the gun was shot, there's there's no way around it. They definitely know that the shot came from the back uh from the back uh driver side of the vehicle. It's it's a wrap, my friend. It's definitely a wrap. Um so okay, I'm I got to shine on the other account to give Myron Jr. the the thing okay so let's keep reading this thing but yeah bro YNW Melly is gonna bro why do you think they're pressing if they thought they were gonna win let me let me tell you this question me this if they thought that he was gonna win why are they pushing so hard to get the death penalty removed riddle me that if they were so confident that he was gonna win the case why are they pushing so hard to get the death penalty removed Oh, also, let's talk about how he doesn't want his girlfriend and her her girlfriend. Oh shit! My bad, guys. I'm I'm playing this shit on my own sound. But um, he does not want his girlfriend or her mom to testify as well, guys. He's trying to suppress them. So it's it's not. Yeah, man. It's it's not gonna happen. It's, he's not gonna win, unfortunately, bro. I'm telling y'all, the 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 state's case is 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 airtight, bro. And I wish it wasn't. I like YNW Melly. Y'all think I, I'm a fan of his music. But when you look at the facts, any jury is going to be like, nah, this is not, this this ain't it, man. And I actually took a vote when I, I read through the case and I took a vote in the chat and the chat was like, nah, yeah, he's guilty. So watch that episode in full, bro. I break it down. The, the, the detectives did a fantastic job. Not only that, bro, they took his DNA and they took his body measurements. They're going to recreate the shooting at trial. Is, man. Y'all crazy, bro. Anyway, let's keep reading this bad boy, okay? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know the company. <laughs> the chat is undefeated. Shaquille Ahmed, YouTube will flag fed it now because of Denise's whoppers. Oh, maybe, May they might. Who knows? I might get flagged for nudity because nudity because of her her boobs. I don't know. What size are those things? Double D. Double double. Here you got to talk in the mic. Thirty-two double D. Oh shit! God damn. Okay. <laughs> the Lord has blessed you. Natural. What do you think? 
It looks like you got work done. Hold on. Chat, what do y'all think? Everyone guess. Yeah. It looks like she got... I think they look natural. They look natural, right? Yeah, you had a good doctor. It's Miami. It is Miami. <laughs> okay. How much do the things cost you? Uh, 8000 Not Okay. Wow, that's, that's expensive. That, but Airy Crow. Oh, you went to a good doctor? Yeah, I went to a good doctor. All right. I didn't want to die. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. You didn't go to Columbia to do it or whatever? No, I didn't go to Columbia. All right. Fair enough. Fair I stayed enough. here in the States. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, well, hey, hey, yeah, they did a good job. I will say thank that. Thank you, thank you. All right. So anyway, back off the boobs and back to the case. <laughs> uh, okay, so we go. Defendants included New Jersey correction officer and rap artist Fetty Wap. Earlier today in federal court in Central Islip, an indictment was unsealed charging Anthony Sinche, a New, New Jersey correction officer, Anthony Leonardi, his brother Robert Leonardi, William Jr. Maxwell II. By the way, guys, this is Fetty Wap, okay, who is a rap artist also known as Fetty Wap, Brian Sullivan, and Kavon Wiggins with conspiring to distribute and possess controlled substances. Five of the defendants are also charged with using firearms in connection with the drug trafficking. This is very important, guys. So the only person that was not charged with using firearms is uh, Fetty Wap, which is going to save him later on when we talk about this, okay? Sullivan was arrested on September 30th, 2021, arraigned before United States Magistrate Judge Stephen L. Ticcioni and uh, ordered detained pending trial. Anthony Leonardi and Sinche were arrested on October 13th, 2021, arraigned before United States Magistrate Judge Annie Y. Shields and ordered detained pending trial. Robert Leonardi was arrested in Pennsylvania on October 13th, arraigned before United States Magistrate Judge Richard A. Lorette of the Eastern District of Pennsylvania and ordered detained pending trial. Wiggins was arrested on October 27th, 2021, arraigned before United States Magistrate Judge Stephen J. Locke and ordered detained pending trial. Maxwell was arrested yesterday and will be arraigned this afternoon before United States Magistrate Judge lock and they obviously put the press release guys the day after Fetty Wap got arrested so it wouldn't get out okay he got arrested on October 28th at Rolling Loud guys okay Breon Peace United States Attorney for the Eastern District of New York Michael J. Driscoll Assistant Director in Charge of the Federal Bureau of Investigation New York Field Office Timothy D. Sinney District Attorney for Suffolk County and Stuart Cameron Acting Commissioner of Suffolk Police Department announced the charges okay remember these names are a little familiar right from the commissioners as alleged, defendants transported, distributed, and sold more than 100 kilos of deadly and addictive drugs, including heroin and fentanyl, on Long Island, deliberately contributing to the opiate epidemic that has devastated our communities and taken too many lives. United States Attorney, peace. We will continue to work nonstop with our law enforcement partners to keep our neighborhoods safe from the scourge of dangerous drugs and gun violence. Mr. Peace, thank the United States Postal Inspection Service for its assistance during the investigation. The pipeline of our drugs in this investigation ran thousands of miles from the West Coast to the communities here in our area, contributing to the addiction and overdose epidemic we have seen time and time again uh, tear people's lives apart. The fact that we arrested a chart-topping rap artist and corrections officer as part of the conspiracy illustrates just how vile the drug trade has become. I want to commend the work of our Long Island Gang Task Force and our law enforcement partners for working day in and day out to get these deadly drugs off our streets, stated FBI assistant director in charge, Driscoll. Okay, stop the goddamn show. <laughs> Guys, you want to know why the feds got involved? The feds got involved because you got a chart-topping rapper and a corrections officer. For some of you guys out there that might not know, the FBI's primary investigative program area is terrorism. However, the second and third programmatic areas that they do are counterintelligence slash um, espionage, right? Domestically, of course. And third is public corruption. What the hell is public corruption? Public corruption, guys, is when someone who has a job of public trust, a clearance, uh, works for the government, state, local, federal, whatever it is, is involved in criminal activity, okay? Dirty police officers, etc., or in this case, a corrections officer. So I'm willing to bet 
a big reason why this case went federal, okay, and I'm willing to bet my left testicle on this one, why this case went federal was because you had a big major major rap artist and you had a corrections officer involved, okay? Because here's the thing, guys, you got to understand, the FBI doesn't do drug cases like that, all right? Yeah, I said it. The FBI does not do drug cases like that, guys. The main agencies that do drug investigations are DEA and HSI, Homeland Security Investigations. We by far seize the most drugs in the United States. And the reason why is because the drugs coming into the United States, HSI typically takes that, which is big quantities, right? Like 17 kilos of cocaine, bro, that's nothing. You know what I'm saying? You, it wouldn't be, it's, it's not unnormal to get like 100 kilos of cocaine seized on the border every day. Thousands of pounds of weed. You know what I'm saying? I've seen, I've, I've seen it with my own two eyes, right? And then the DEA obviously is the uh, is the main drug trafficking uh, drug uh, anti drug trafficking agency. They they investigate drugs, right? So those two agencies between those two do most drug cases, drug cases. But the fact that the D that the FBI was involved in this, it's because of two reasons. I told you already. The FBI are clout chasers, number one, and so Fetty Watt was a very juicy target for them. And then number two, they got a public uh, official, aka a corrections officer. That is why this case more than likely went federal. Okay. So these defendants ran a multi multi-million dollar bi-coastal drug distribution organization with Suffolk County as their home base, stated District Attorney Sinney. They were wholesale drug dealers who pumped massive quantities of narcotics into our communities. Oh, another reason why this case went federal? Fentanyl. Before I before I resigned from the US government, guys, uh, there was a huge push to aggressively pursue and prosecute fentanyl cases. Okay. Um, so the fact that these guys were also trafficking fentanyl is going to make it federal as well. So they had three things against them. Fentanyl, a chart-topping artist, and public corruption. All the making, makings of a sexy federal case, baby. That's why they took it. And that's why the state, what probably happened was the state probably dropped their drug charges, right? Because you can't get charged for the same crime twice by the state and by the feds. So the state probably dropped their case. And then the feds came in and did a federal indictment because they're going to serve significantly more time for these charges, and the case is going to be stronger against them uh, with the feds. The U.S. Attorney's Office does not lose, guys. Let me make that very clear. These defendants ran... Uh, uh, where were we? Okay, they were wholesale drug dealers who pumped massive quantities of narcotics into our communities. As our investigation revealed, they would frequently use cutting agents to process just one of those kilograms of drugs into as many as four bef even before it was distributed to lower-level dealers. God damn! So remember how I told you guys before, a kilo of cocaine, once it makes it into the United States, is about $29,000. And then once you get it to Chicago or New York or whatever, it's about fifty five dollars to $60,000. These guys were cutting that kilo of coke four times before it went to the dope dealers. So I'm the whole... Okay, you know what? I will... I'll, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm going to explain to you guys how drug trafficking works in the United States here in a second. Um, but let's continue on. But these guys were cutting the dope, the dope up. Before. Man, these guys are terrible drug dealers. Um, but anyway... Uh, so, no, I didn't. I didn't ban my son, bro. I gave him. A, I gave him a wrench. Should gave him a wrench. Anyway, <laughs> uh, as our investigation. No, I really did give him a wrench. It's Myron Junior, right? Yeah, I gave. I, gave, I could have sworn I gave him a wrench. Or have him comment again. As the investigation revealed, they were frequently used cutting agents. Oh, okay, we talked about that. Thanks to law enforcement efforts, this prolific supply chain has been cut off. I thank the Eastern District for partnering with my office to prosecute these individuals and hold them accountable. See, so the so the Eastern District of New York took the case over from the state. 
This is another example of law enforcement working together to take down a major drug trafficking ring that brought more than 100 kilos of illicit narcotics to Long Island in New Jersey, stated SCPD Acting Commissioner Cameron. Holding these six individuals accountable, most of whom were using firearms to protect their drugs, will have a significant impact on the drug supply in Suffolk County and will help us in our continuing effort to combat the opioid epidemic. Yeah, I will I will say... Oh, I'm here taking notes. Hilarious, bro. I will say this, guys. Um, all right, you got a wrench now, my friend. I will say this, guys, the fact that these guys were having this much dope in New Jersey tells me that they're higher up, which I'm going to explain to you guys here in a second how drug trafficking works. I know you guys want to know, but I want to make sure we get through this. Uh, okay. As alleged in the indictment and in court proceedings from approximately June 2019 through June 2020, so they were looking at these guys for a year, the defendants distributed more than 100 kilos of cocaine, heroin, fentanyl, and crack cocaine across Long Island, New Jersey. Oh, Lord. <laughs> The defendants obtained narcotics on the West Coast and used the United States Postal Service and drivers within vehicle, hidden vehicle compartments to transport the controlled substances across the, count, the country to Suffolk County where they were stored. The drugs were then distributed to dealers who sold the controlled substances on Long Island and in New Jersey. Five of the defendants also used firearms to protect their drug organization and distribution chain. Defendants Anthony Leonardi, Robert Leonardi, Sullivan, and Wiggins participated in the purchase and transport of the narcotics from the West Coast to the East Coast, where they were processed, stored, and ultimately resold. Maxwell, this is Fetty Wap, by the way, guys. This is Fetty Wap. Was a kilogram-level redistributor for the trafficking organization in Sintage. Oh, Lord. What is a redistributor? Guys, basically what that means is he's a middleman that was calling other people saying, yo, I got a couple bricks. What you want? I can sell them to you for this, this, this. Bang. And he's making deals happen, which here's the thing, guys. Federally, you can get arrested for drug trafficking and drug trafficking conspiracy without ever seeing or touching the drugs. I'm going to say that again. When it comes to the feds, guys, and drug trafficking cases in general, you don't have to touch or see the drugs to be charged with drug trafficking and conspiracy. All you have to do is be involved in the manufacture, distribution, smuggling, and or, uh, you know, transportation of drugs to some degree, and you can get hit with drug trafficking, guys. So, Fetty Wap, let's, I'll give you an example. Let's say me and Tits McGee over here, right, are drug traffickers, all right? So, I tell her, right, hey, I got, um, I got a guy. Right, let's say Fresh is 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 the kingpin, right? So Fresh, uh, aka Darkman X, right? He gives he gives me the drugs, right? And I have them. I got five kilos of coke, and I go ahead and I tell Miss uh, Miss Tits, hey, <laughs> hey, I got five I got five kilos of coke. Um, I'll give them to you for forty k a piece, right? And she's like, all right, let me see if I can find a buyer. She's she's basically Fetty Wap right now, right? So. I got I, I fresh give, gives me the drugs. He fresh imports the drugs from Barbados. I have the drugs. Now I call her and tell her that she uh, that um I have five kilos of drugs for her. She's like, okay, let me find a buyer. So she finds a buyer. Okay, she says, hey, peanut butter mouth Chris wants three <laughs> of the drugs, three of the, three of the kilos, right? So what I do is I go ahead and I deliver the drugs to Chris, but she gives me Chris's information and I make contact with Chris and sell the drugs to Chris. The feds, however, right, are listening to the phone call. She never saw the drugs. She never touched the drugs, but she put me in touch with someone who I was able to sell the drugs to. She's going to go down for conspiracy. I'm going to go down for possession with intent to distribute. Fresh is going to go down for smuggling. And then Chris is going to go down 
for possession with intent to distribute, right? That's a very crude example, but you guys get the idea. So she's going to get involved in the drug trafficking case simply by answering the phone and facilitating the deal, even though she never saw, touched, or actually moved the drugs anywhere. That is how drug cases go, guys. All right? So, um, cool. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let me. Can't believe Fetty didn't see these charges coming. Yeah, I know, bro. Hey, man. The trap queen, bro. Uh, buy one BBL, get one free. Thank you so much. <laughs> you guys are laughing at Tits McGee. Uh, is Ethereum smart to buy right now? Yes, I think it is. I think it's below 3000 if I'm not mistaken, um, which is a good time to buy, my friends. Let's see if I missed any other chats here. Uh, and then we got Big Al. Myron, did you accidentally ban your son? No, I did not. We talked about that. I'm here taking notes. Thank you, Myron Jr. You will become a, a stand-up individual later on in life. Uh, Harris. Okay, your state, your video was good. The state hasn't offered Melly a plea deal, though. I just think his defense is going to make the state's case look dumb. No, my friend. <laughs> no, my friend. Listen, bro, they, the, they never want to go to trial, bro. They probably told him, hey, plead guilty, and he said no. Plead guilty to murder two or murder three, but he probably said no because I'm going to get life in prison or I'm going to do 20 or 30 years. I'm not doing it. Trust me, they gave him a plea deal, bro. He just didn't accept it. I, I promise you they gave him a plea deal. He's been in jail for years. He's been in jail since like 2018. You know, uh, one to three, five bucks. What up, Myron? Showing some love. FNF gang, a la verga. Hey, shout out to my Mexicans out there. Que onda, wey? Chingao. <laughs> uh, can you be my mommy, Dennis? I cannot be your, oh, they, they want you to be the mom. Can you be the mom? No. Okay, I guess not. Um, and, and what, what are you? Are you Cuban? What, what are you exactly? People I'm Nicaraguan know. and Peruvian. Oh, okay, okay. So, so you're not, um, so you're, you're not Mexican? Okay. Well, what's what's the term when like uh you know with uh Dominicans they say que lo que you know Cubans hey Pablo you know Mexicans hey que onda wait what what do Peruvians say to each other? Que hubo. What? Que hubo. Que what? Like what is this a Drake concert? No, it's like uh, it's like what's up? Que hubo. Uh, okay. And then what what do you what about uh what what do uh that's what Peruvians say and then what do like some yeah okay and then what's and then you what do Nicaraguans say? You guys talking to Mike? What? Hola. They just say hola. They don't yeah, say, they don't have like a cool what's up? No, not really. I don't think so. Or like, I don't think so. No, actually. Okay. They say a la verga a lot too. Oh, they do? They say verga. I thought that was Mexicans no, that only no, say no, that. No, that's very Nica as well. The Nicaraguan yeah, say that yeah, as well? Nicaraguan say verga a lot. Oh, okay. Learn something yeah, new every yeah. day. What, what does a la verga mean? Like, oh shit, right? I, I've never actually heard Mexicans use verga. I've heard only Nicaraguans and Argentinians and people from, I've never heard Mexicans. Okay. No, they say it all the time. I, I, I love it. God. Chingao. Yeah, pinche way. Yeah, they say that all the time too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Learn something new every day. Um, a Spanish lesson here. Uh, oh man, the chat. You guys are hilarious. <clears throat> so, uh, so he was a. So he. So now you guys know how you know being a redistributor works, right? So just like, like with the example I gave you here, um, she would be the redistributor. She will get hit with the drugs too. Um, and then Sintaj, This is the this is the corrections officer, by the way, guys. Transported kilograms kilograms of cocaine from Long Island to New Jersey. Okay, so he was the driver, the transporter. And this is typically how drug organizations work, which we're going to talk about here in a second. So, search warrant executed during an investigation resulted in the discover, recovery of approximately one point five million in cash, sixteen kilograms of cocaine, two kilograms of heroin, numerous fentanyl pills, two millimeter handguns, a rifle, a forty-five caliber pistol, a forty caliber pistol, and ammunition. The charges and indictment are allegations, and the defendants are presumed innocent until. Uh, unless and until proven guilty, uh, if convicted, the defendants face a maximum of life imprisonment. imprisonment. <laughs> oh, God. 
The government's case is being handled by the office's Long Island Criminal Division, Assistant United States Attorney Christopher C. Caffrone, Andrew P. Wenzel, and Special Assistant United States Attorney Jacob T. Kubert are in charge of the prosecution. This also has me concerned. Special Assistant United States Attorney, so that's something called the Sousa, guys, which means he came from somewhere else. He's not a part of that office. So they got in some hired power to do this case. And here's the defendants right here, guys, right? And here's the indictment here, which I already have ready to go for you guys. But let's talk about drug cases and why we need to be concerned here, okay? So there's a couple things here that are alarming. As you guys can see, they mention here search warrants were executed during the investigation, resulted in a recovery of approximately $1.5 million, 16 kilos of cocaine, 2 kilos of heroin, numerous fentanyl pills, two 9mm handguns, a rifle, a 45 caliber pistol, and, 40, uh, uh, and, uh, and ammunition, right? And I don't know if you guys remember... But they said earlier that it was 17 kilos, but they're using 16 kilos for this press release. Because remember, one kilo came from prior to the search warrants. This is why this is problematic for the defendants. We know now, because we read the DEA press release, that they had court-authorized eavesdropping, which we did some Google, and we found out what eavesdropping means. They were listening to phone lines and or text messages. So... When you do a drug case, guys, typically every big drug case has a couple of factors involved. It has informants. It has electronic surveillance. It has undercovers. It has controlled deliveries. And it has um, surveillance, regular surveillance. So let's break down each one. What is an informant? An informant is someone who gets information, right? and provides it to law enforcement, typically for the promise, not the promise, but typically for a reduced sentence or, right, as a cooperating defendant, or for monetary payment, right? Then you got electronic surveillance. What's electronic surveillance? Electronic surveillance is when you listen to phones, you uh, do search warrants and look at phones, you see, uh, you do pen registers where you listen, where you look at who they're calling and who they're contacting, you're doing subpoenas, you're figuring out who owns which phone, etc. Um all these things, right? You're intercepting text messages. Then you got hardcore surveillance where you're basically sitting there watching them do drug deals. You're watching a stash house. You're watching people come in and out of a certain house. You know it's a dope house, right? Then you got um, controlled deliveries. Why am I mentioning controlled deliveries? Well, the reason why I'm mentioning controlled deliveries is because the U.S. Postal Inspection Service was involved in this. Now, as you guys know, I don't know why people still do this, but people still smuggle drugs through the mail like idiots okay and i don't know why they do it but they still do it stupid as soon as you move drugs through the mail it becomes federal and what happens a lot of times is you'll try to mail drugs to someone so let's go into a dream world real quick let's say fresh mailed me some drugs from barbados okay and it gets to the usps office and they right what they do is they um uh they 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 the, it comes into the USPS sorting center, right? They run the canines on it and they find that there's drugs in it, right? And it has my address there, okay? So they're like, they open it up, they find that there's drugs in there and they see that it's supposed to go to me. Now, what are they going to do? They're going to, they're like, okay, let's further the investigation. They're, they're going to get investigators involved. They're going to call the postal inspection service. The, the postal inspectors are going to show up and postal inspectors think of them as special agents that deal with the US mail. They're going to deliver the package from Barbados that was supposed to come to me, right? It comes to me. I open it up, and next thing you know, it's fucking mayhem. FBI, open up! 
and I'm going to jail, right? Then they catch me, and they're like, hey, where are these drugs supposed to go? Well, I was going to send them to, to Tits McGee over here. I was going to give them to her. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, man, look, she's calling me right now. She's expecting the drugs, right? So I decide to cooperate with the cops. And they're like, all right, cool. She's calling you right now. She wants the drugs? Cool. We're going to deliver it to her too. So I, I, I decide to cooperate. You know what I'm saying? I, maybe I sign an agreement, whatever the fuck it is. And then I go and I deliver the drugs to her house, right? The, the box of drugs from Barbados. Then next thing you know, <laughs> and they arrest her too, right? And then next thing you know, we're, uh, now, but since I got, since I decided to cooperate, I'm going to get less time than her because she's higher up on the totem pole because the drugs were supposed to go to her. Then let's say she decides to cooperate and she's like, oh, I was going to deliver it to, you know, to, um, to fucking, I don't know, Tampa. Oh, okay, cool. And then we can keep leapfrogging it up. You guys see what I'm saying? Because the, the, the further you get up the totem pole, the, typically the higher up you're going. And then Fresh is going to get implicated as well because he was the one that imported the drugs in. But this is how drug investigations work. That's how controlled delivery works. All right? So, like I said before, they executed a bunch of search warrants, right? And I know for a fact, for you to get a search warrant, you need to do something called a... Con you got you to gotta buy drugs a lot of the times. Or you could be listening to phones. Now, this is what I personally think. This is all speculation. I don't know for sure. But here's the thing. They did six search warrants. During the search warrants, guys, they seized 16 kilos of coke, two kilos of heroin, and $1.5 million in cash. What do you think happened? I think this is what happened. They were listening to the phones. They were intercepting the text messages. They knew exactly what was located at where. They were able to draft the search warrants based off of the telephonic intercepts. And they were able to hit the houses at the same time simultaneously and get all this evidence at once. It is no fucking coincidence that they were able to seize 16 keys of coke, $1.5 million, all these guns, two kilos of heroin, and a bunch of fentanyl and oxy pills. Okay? We know that they were listening to phones. So we know for a fact, since they were listening to phones, they probably knew where all the stuff was located based on the conversations between the individuals. That's how they were able to implicate your boy Fetty Wap, the, the corrections officer, and all these other guys. Okay? Because here's the thing. On the federal press release, they're not saying here that, it, that there were intercepts involved. But with the state one that we just looked at with the DEA, they said that there were court-authorized eavesdropping, which means there were state wires listening to phones and text messages. That's how they were able to get the search warrants. That's how they knew that all the dope and the money was involved. It was there at the same time, and they were able to get these seizures and put all these guys down. And I am willing to bet on that first round, when they arrested everybody, someone snitched and got Fetty Wap lined up. That's what I personally think happened. Because remember, they didn't get Fetty Wap on the state case. They came back and got him on the Fed case. All right? So that's very important to, to know, that distinction, which I haven't seen anyone else mention that on YouTube, that it was a state case first, then it turned into a federal case, and when it turned into a federal case, they included Fetty Wap and another guy in the charges. Okay? That's extremely significant. And they didn't mention that the case had wiretaps, guys. When there's wiretaps, it's a wrap. Because let me tell you guys something about wiretaps. You need a lot of evidence, okay, to be able to listen to someone's phone. As a matter of fact, you need more evidence to listen to someone's phone than to arrest them. Yeah, I didn't stutter. You need more evidence 
to listen to someone's phone than to arrest them. And the reason why is because when you listen to someone's phone, it's extremely invasive of their Fourth Amendment right. Okay, right to, you know, uh, un, un, uh, unreasonable search and seizure without a warrant. Okay, because remember, when they're listening to your phone, they're not just listening to your conversations, they're listening to everyone else's conversations that you're talking to that have a reasonable expectation of privacy, aka REP. So the higher standard that you think that you have a reasonable expectation of privacy, the more in, the more evidence you need to be able to get a search warrant of said premises. So what what's at the top of the list? Typically, a search warrant of a home. That's where you expect to have the most reasonable expectation of privacy, correct? So you need a lot of facts to be able to search your home. Same thing with phones. You have a reasonable expectation of privacy when you're talking and texting on the phone. Hell, if I told half of you guys right now, yo, let me see your girl's phone, she'll go crazy. Nah, you ain't looking at this. So human beings in general have a really high expectation of privacy in their phones and in the conversations that they have on said phones. So therefore, you need a lot of evidence to listen to telephones, okay? So the fact that they had this with wire intercept search warrants, etc., it's a wrap, my friends. And the feds mentioned it in here that search warrants are executed, etc. And we know that these search warrants were done on the backs of electronic surveillance and more than likely informants. Any drug case I know, guys, 99% of the time has informants involved because the unfortunate thing about drug cases, guys, is that many hands need to be involved to make drug trafficking work. Now, I know you guys are probably wondering, well, Myron, how do, drug, uh, how do drugs actually come into the United States and how do they work? It's okay. I got you. I'll explain right now. <laughs> Typically, guys, most of the drugs that come into, that, that are in the United States are imported into the United States through Mexico, okay? Cocaine, heroin, et cetera, methamphetamine, you know, especially, you know, not this bullshit shake and bake that they have here that the Nazis make. I'm talking about that real crystal methamphetamine. They call it ice, okay? It looks like glass, all right? Typically, it's imported from Mexico into the United States. Sometimes it's brought into the United States by boat from uh, from Colombia, etc. as well. Okay, so you got maritime smuggling and you got land border smuggling. Most of the drugs that come in the United States, because remember, guys, cocaine cannot be made in the United States. Okay, it's made from coca leaves, which is international. So it's brought into the United States through South Texas, through Southern California, through whatever. And then once it's smuggled into the United States, typically it needs to be brought to a stash house immediately. Once it's brought into the stash house, those drugs need to get off the border ASAP. Why? Well, the reason why, guys, is because the drugs need to get moved to the next leg in the chain, okay? So they can be distributed in the United States. So I'll give an example of how it would work out where I was in Laredo, okay? So drugs come into the United States. They're, import they're smuggled in, whether through a vehicle when they go through the bridge or smuggled in across the river with a coyote, whatever it is. It's brought in. Once it's brought into the United States, it's immediately moved into a stash house. Once it's at that stash house, they're trying. The, the next goal is to get it past the Border Patrol, okay? And um, just so you guys know, Border Patrol has authority, right? Because the United States, guys, the functional border equivalent, right, is 29 miles from the United States border. All of that's considered the functional equivalent of the border, essentially, right? So the, the smugglers know... I need to get it off the southwest border. I got Border Patrol here. I got Homeland Security Investigations. I got FBI, DEA. Everyone and their mom investigates drug trafficking, guys. The, the sheriff's offices, et cetera, in the south. So they got to get it past this, the, 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 the Border Patrol. Once they get it past Border Patrol and, and law enforcement on the southern border, they're pretty much good. They need to get it to a major city. Now, for us, when I was in Laredo, I knew the next major city was San Antonio, two, miles, uh, two, two hours north on Interstate 35. Once it gets to San Antonio... 
aka a major city, you have many different highways that come through. Okay, you got Interstate 35, which takes you north, and then you got Interstate 10, which cuts through San Antonio, which takes you east to west. In the United States, guys, remember, even numbers are east to west, odd numbers are north to south. Again, even numbers are east to west, odd numbers are north to south. For example, Interstate 95, which goes right through Miami into New York City, odd number, right? But if you look at Interstate 10 from Jacksonville all the way to Los Angeles, that's even number, it goes east to west, all right? So once it gets to San Antonio, they pretty much made it because San Antonio has many different highways that goes through it. Okay, so you can either go east to uh, east to Atlanta, or sorry, east to Houston, and then take it to Atlanta, which is another big drug hub, or you can go west, take it to Phoenix, take it to Los Angeles, etc. But most of the time, most of the drugs that came into Laredo went east. They went towards Atlanta, which then would go into the Carolinas, then go into New York. Okay, or it would go north into the Midwest, Chicago. Minneapolis, etc. Okay, Dallas, uh, Dallas, Austin, because all those cities are also on Interstate 35. So the goal, once you get the drugs into the United States, is get it to a major city. From that major city, you're able to split up. Typically, it's a big load. When the drugs come into the United States from the southwest border, guys, it's 20, 50, 60, 70, sometimes 100 kilos. And everybody owns a part of that package. Sometimes it's one drug trafficker, maybe it's two drug traffickers, maybe it's three drug traffickers that own parts of those drugs okay and then once it gets to the major city it's distributed to the people that need it and then from there you got your wholesaler in the major city who distributes it on lower levels to everyone else okay now once that that wholesale guy distributes it to other people that's when you start getting it to your street dealers etc and then that's when they start cutting it down or whatever if that wholesale supplier himself doesn't cut it down himself which he may do as well but you know, the negative is when you cut down the drugs, the quality of the drugs, you're not going to have as good of a product, right? So it's a very delicate balance where you're trying to maximize profit while simultaneously also having the best product, right? So let's bring it back to this case. Now that we have a general overview of how drug trafficking works in the United States, right? These guys were bringing their drugs in from the West Coast, okay? They were going all the way, which I guarantee you was probably Southern California, because like I said before, typically... Uh, the closer to the Mexican border the drugs are, the higher quality they are. So if you get drugs in Phoenix versus getting drugs in Chicago, nine out of 10 times, that cocaine in Phoenix is going to be more pure because it's going to be closer to the Mexican border, aka closer to the source, all right? Um, so the fact that they were getting their drugs from the West Coast tells me they were probably getting it from San Diego, Los Angeles, et cetera. They were probably getting it from some, some drug trafficking organization out West. And they would go get it and then drive it all the way back. And they were mailing it as well, which is why the U.S. US Postal Inspection Service was involved. And I guarantee you the reason why U, U, USPIS was so involved was because they probably had a seizure through the mail, did a controlled delivery, delivered it to some idiot, and someone flipped and snitched. Guaranteed. Okay? Damn, I'm giving you a lot of sauce right now. Ain't nobody breaking this down for y'all. Like the goddamn video right now. You got anything to say about this? No, I've learned a lot though. Okay, all right. Do you have anything you want to say to people? Hi, everyone. Um, like this video. That's all I have to say. All right, cool. Yeah, like the video, guys. Yeah. If anything, like the video for the boobs. They they I were expensive. They were. Yeah, but most most uh, most of the time, the going rate I've seen for boobs is uh, what like um. Like five thousand. Yeah, three to five thousand is what I've normally seen. So you 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 uh, you paid a little bit more, but you got a good That's doctor. Not that bad. It's like two thousand more for a really good doctor. I trusted him so. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't really be cheap when it comes to your you know your body. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If you're gonna get like you know a boob job or a nose job or anything, you might as well go to the best person. Yeah, I also did it under the muscle, so 
muscle. That's why it's a little more. Do it under the muscle? Yeah, you could even you could do it either um, over the muscle or under the muscle. I mm. did under the muscle, so it's more expensive when you do it under the muscle. Oh shit! So I think that's the price for under the muscle, if I'm not mistaken. God damn! Okay, okay. <laughs> We're learning about Fetty Wap and Fetty Tits. Okay. Yeah. One day we need to talk about. Surgeries. So. Surgeries. Okay, maybe we'll do a show on that and eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I can help you with that. Like the goddamn video. <laughs> Y'all are not getting this kind of sauce anywhere else. You guys are learning about federal drug crimes and you're learning how to get your tits done yes. under the muscle. Under the muscle. Under the muscle. Way better. Okay, does it mess with your ability to do chest nothing. presses and push-ups? Push not and at shit? all. Nothing. So you I can feel, still do push-ups, no problem. Yeah, nothing. I have never had not one issue. I feel like they. I was born with them. Born this way. I was born this way. Okay. All right, Lady Gaga. All right. <laughs> she has a, the leopard print jacket, too. <laughs> yes, I do. So, um, yeah, guys, like the video. So now that we have a, over, a general overview of how, how drug trafficking works, the fact that they were bringing their drugs all the way from the West Coast over tells me that these guys were big time. All right? Typically, guys, 17 kilos of cocaine domestically in the United States, like somewhere in Long Island, tells me that those were probably some of the biggest drug traffickers in that region, guys, because 17 kilos of coke is significant for being in the United States. Obviously, being on the southwest border, that's a joke. That's like another day in the office. But in Long Island, that's a big fucking deal. All right? So, um, channel idea. Breast and tit with Denise. Okay. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Uh, I'll read some of these chats real quick before we get into the into the indictment. Okay. Uh, they got Jamal Lewis like that. He was in the NFL. Yes, they did. He's an idiot. I don't know why. Yeah, he threw it. He, he was making money with the NFL. When are you doing the Stephen Avery case? I don't know who Stephen Avery is, but I will look it up. Can you can you look that up for me real fast, Stephen Avery? Here, you got two screens right there. There's another um one on the MacBook. Right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh let's see here. Uh buy one BBL. Okay, I read that one already. Okay, I think I'm caught up on the Super Chats. All right. <clears throat> so now that we know what this is, let's see here. Um, let's go over. So real quick, I'm going to teach you guys real fast how to look up a case in the feds, okay? So I know that it's the Eastern District of New York, right? Pacer. So I'm going to go ahead and remember, just type in a district and then type in Pacer after. That's the easiest way to do it. And then it's going to say US, pacer.uscourts.gov, right? Then I'm going to go log into CMF ECF and then bam, Eastern District of New York, go in here, right? You got to make an account with Pacer to look it up, right? So here's my Fresh Fit account. Bang, I'm in there. Nice, right? So, so th since this was here before, but normally you won't see that, right? So what you do is, I know that his last name is, uh, God damn it, what was it again? It was uh, Fetty Wap, his, his real name. It was, uh, <laughs> God damn it, sorry guys. It was, uh, da -da -da -da. Oh yeah, Will uh, William Junior Maxwell the second. Is it Will yeah William yeah okay. It's actually Willie I think is whatever. Let's see here. All right, so Maxwell William, right? And then this is how you're gonna find it, guys. So uh, you hit run query, and then bang, this is how you find a case, right? So here he is, defendant. Go docket report. Run report. Oh wait, hold on. Is this the wrong one? Oh, God damn it. Yeah, that's the wrong one. Sorry, guys. I'll give myself a fuck. <laughs> wrong on that one. Hold on. Give me one sec, guys, while I do this. All right, so. No, it's Willie is his first name. Why did they put Willie? 
yeah so so all right see even 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 doj had it wrong so here's his real his real first name guys is actually willie it's not it's not william i don't know why they put that but yeah his government is willie don't ask me don't ask me why but this is him maxwell the second right willie jr bang here he is here's a criminal case and always go with the usa versus whatever usa versus leonardi because then it shows all the defendants and then you're going to hit go docker report right then you're going to hit run report and then bang that's how you find the case my friends all right right there oh shit so here's the defendant, right? Uh, here's the first one, Anthony Leonardi, right? Here's a 21 USC, A46, A41. Remember, guys, Title 21 is drugs, right? Title 21 is, uh, of the United States Code is always has to do with controlled substances. And then here's your boy, Willie Jr. Maxwell II, also known as Fetty Wap, right? 21 USC, A41. But here's the good thing with him. He does not have the gun offense like these other guys. These other guys got here, 18 USC, 924C, which for some of you guys that remember, okay, who got hit with that also? Pushaisti right that's why push is going to do quite a bit of time so here's the indictment right here right which don't worry i already did the i already did the the, the work and uh, got it for you guys ready to go here and it is right here here's the indictment guys all right so and just so you guys know an indictment is a formal charge by the um by the united states government so eastern district in new york right september 29th they were indicted Anthony Leonardi, Robert Leonardi, Willie Jr. Maxwell, a also known as Fetty Wap, Brian Sullivan, Anthony Sintage, and Kavanoff, Kevon Wiggins, also known as KV. And remember, guys, Anthony Sintage is the is the corrections officer, right? So this is only a two count indictment, but these charges are extremely serious. All right, count one: conspiracy to distribute and possess controlled substances. All right, can you pass me some water, by the way? So it goes here. Number one. In or about and between June 2019 and June 2020, both dates being approximate and inclusive within the Eastern District of New York and elsewhere, the defendant Anthony Leonardi, Robert Leonardi, Willie Jr., Maxwell Jr., also known as Fetty Watt, Brian Sullivan, Anthony Sintage, and Kavon Wiggins, also known as KV, together with others, did knowingly and intentionally conspire to distribute and possess with intent to distribute controlled substances, which, which offense involved a substance containing heroin, a Schedule One controlled substance, a substance containing N- Felonel N, propam, okay, whatever. Also, no, uh, fentanyl, a Schedule II controlled substance, a substance containing cocaine, Schedule II controlled substance, a substance containing cocaine base, a Schedule, a sub Schedule II controlled substance, contrary to Title 21 United States Code 841A1, guys, which is possession. 841A1 is possession with intent to distribute typically. All right, thank you. Uh, the amount of heroin, fentanyl, cocaine, and cocaine base involved in a conspiracy attributable to Anthony Leonardi, Robert Leonardi, Sullivan, and Wiggins as a result of their own conduct and the conduct of other conspirators reasonably foreseeable to them was one kilogram or more of a substance containing heroin, 400 grams or more of a substance containing fentanyl. Oh, damn, 400 grams? Yeah, these guys are fucking... I didn't even know that. Five kilograms or more of a substance containing cocaine and 280 grams or more of a substance containing cocaine base. The amount of cocaine involved in the conspiracy attributable to Maxwell, two and Sintage as a result of their own conduct and the conduct of other conspirators reasonable foreseeable to them was five kilograms or more of a substance containing cocaine. All right. And these are the violations. Count two. Use of a firearm in connection with the drug trafficking crime. Remember, guys, this is what Pusha got hit with as well because he robbed those guys for the weed. Remember? 
In or about between June 19th and June 2020, both dates being approximate and inclusive within the Eastern District of New York, the defendants, Anthony Leonardi, Robert Leonardi, Brian Sullivan, Anthony Sintej, and Kavan Wiggins, also known as KV, together with others, did knowingly and intentionally use and carry one or more firearms during and in relation to a drug trafficking crime, to wit, the crime charge in count one, and did knowingly and intentionally possess said firearms in furtherance of said drug trafficking crime. And there we go, true bill. Which, guys, a true bill means that, uh, like I told you guys before, an agent goes in, he talks about his case, the grand jury hears the case. It's typically like somewhere between 12 to 15 grand jurors in there. Um, he gives the case, and then they decide if they're going to indict it, a.k.a. a true bill, and this one got a true bill. The four person signed it, and then this is the AUSA that signed it, which they have redacted, and then uh, this shit is all crooked. But basically, um, this is the uh, superseding indictment. I guess this is a true bill document that they use. And yeah, I mean, very simple indictment, guys. Um, but yeah, the, the uh, two count indictment, but these are very serious charges. Um, so, bam. Okay, so I'm just looking here real quick because I, I have the sentencing guidelines here. So, all right. So how much time are these guys actually uh, looking at? Well, they're going to be looking at quite a bit of time because here's the problem with 924C. This charge right here, guys, count two, use of firearms in connection with the drug trafficking crime, that's a mandatory minimum of five years, and it runs consecutive. It cannot run concurrently. So when it runs concurrently, guys, let's say I get, let's say me and, and uh, Miss Tits, right, we go rob a bank, right? <laughs> but I, you know, I, uh, you know, I robbed the bank and she's with me, right? And we both have guns, but she forgot that she had, I don't know, a kilo of Coke in between those boobs, right? And she gets caught robbing the bank with me. Well, now they're going to, we both, and we both get sentenced to 10 years in prison for um, robbing the bank, right? We both get, you know, a fake Bonnie and Cloud or whatever, right? We both get 10 years in prison. Here's the thing. Since she had a kilo of cocaine in her boobs, right? While she was robbing the said bank. She is also going to get hit with uh, 18 U.S.C. 924C, which you guys see here. And that is going to run uh, consecutive to the 10 years that she does for the bank robbery. So she's going to have to do 15 years. Now, normally with a lot of crimes, they might say, oh, no, it runs consecutive, which means it runs at the same time. So she would just do the 10 years and be done. But with 924C, guys, it cannot run it cannot run concurrently. It's got to run consecutively. So she does the 10 years for the bank robbery. Now she's got to do another five for the 924C. That is why this charge is so bad. You know what I'm saying? So that's what you get for getting your boobs bigger and putting them in between. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts is that I think that I wouldn't be able to get away with hiding anything in my boobs. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. They're hard to hide. You could definitely fit a kilo in between those, though. I don't think so. I think They'd you push can. them up too much. All right, maybe half a key then. <laughs> half, half. Maybe half a key. So yeah, so she would she would do 15 years and I would do only 10. So uh, why would a rapper sell drugs? I don't know, bro. He, and I watched the DJ Academics interview. He was making 100K a day for a long time, guys. So yeah. So, uh, and then here's a document here. This is Discovery. Basically, you know, that the government is going to give all their documents over, uh, you know, for and Discovery, guys, is basically when the uh, the government gives the evidence to the defendant so that they can look at the evidence against them and uh and then you know basically be able to defend the case right so this is just a formal document uh, uh to to fetty wap that they're going to give the government's discovery in accordance with rule 16 of the federal rules of criminal procedure 
Item Bates numbered uh, 001 through 847, 951 through 1494, and WM. These are basically like probably the way to index the evidence. And also enclose an index of the discovery. The index will not be filed electronically. The government also requests reciprocal discovery from the defendant. Um, oh, and then also, this is kind of important right here, Brady material. So the government is not aware of any exculpatory material regarding the defendant. The government understands and will comply with its continuing obligation to produce exculpatory evidence material as defined by Brady versus Maryland 373 and its uh, progeny. Okay, so guys, what, what does Brady material mean? Basically, if I come across evidence, right, that might exonerate or, or might, um, yeah, might exonerate the, the, the defense, I must disclose it over as a, as a federal prosecutor or law enforcement officer. I must. Otherwise, the case could get thrown out. I could get prosecuted. It could, be, it could be really bad. So let's go back to that bank robbery situation that we talked about before. Let's rewind. Let's say me and Denise robbed the bank again, right? But um, you, you, they find out that she only had the, the, the um, cocaine in her boobs because I threatened her that I would kill her if she didn't put it there. Right, it wasn't of her own free will that she was in possession of the cocaine. I forced it. Well, that needs to be disclosed to her defense attorney, okay? Because now they have a, a viable defense to the to the um to to the uh, possession of a drug uh, possession of cocaine. And on top of that, they also have a viable defense to the uh, to nine twenty four C. Because remember, she was in possession of drugs while committing uh while committing uh while in possession of a firearm, right? Drug trafficking offense because she's in possession of the drugs while holding a firearm. But now that they found out that I threatened her and said, hey, you better hold these goddamn drugs, goddamn it, or else it's a wrap for you. Well, now her defense, right, can use that to, to say, hey, she was coerced. She, she, it was, she was not in possession of, it, of her own free will. Like she, it's Brady material. Okay. Does that make sense, guys? Because it, 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 um, it, uh, how do I say this? It's, it's, it's to her benefit. It's to her defense. Okay, to so that needs to be that, that needs to be brought out in court. So the federal prosecutor has to disclose that to her defense attorney. If that makes sense. All right, cool. Hopefully, I uh, this is making sense, guys. Is it making sense? Uh, do you point at things with your lips, Nika? No, I do not, bro. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Any other chats that I might have missed? Now that we know what Brady material is, I want to see your outlook on Stephen Avery case guilty. I will look it up. Um, and then we got Ariel Bibilonia. Why would a rapper? Yeah, I don't know, bro. Very, very dumb. He was making a lot of money too. Like I told you, he was making like a hundred K a day for a while. He was talking about it on the academics interview. Actually pretty good interview. Uh, Stephen Avery making a murder on Netflix. Innocent. Oh, making a murder. Okay. I remember that one, dude. That's a state case, bro. That's a pain in the ass doing state cases for the love of boobies. Okay. And that's from Sheldon Ross. Thank you so much. But Bakey Onigiri, is it true? Most Molly is fake slash supercut also. Yes, it definitely could happen. Definitely, yeah. A lot of Molly is fake. Breast and tits with D Denise. Okay. Uh, please read the super chats you missed. I will. Don't worry. Uh, let's see here if I missed anything else. Denise is putting them all up on for y'all. Okay. So, <clears throat> all right. Let's see what else here. All right. So. Oh, wait. You already read that. Yeah. I. Uh, so, let's see here. I was going to show you guys. Because they're saying on this case, so let's, okay. So I'm going to pull this up to you guys, right? So let's look at, let's look at this because there's two things here. So in the press release, they're saying that it was um, 100 kilos of Coke. But looking at the indictment, it seems like it's only five kilos or more. So let me look at this real quick. 
And we'll pull this up for y'all, and we're going to compare this, and we're going to go over what Fetty Wap is looking at, okay, um, as far as time goes. And then also I have something very revealing to show you guys as well. Uh, that's very interesting, all right? So, and remember, remember guys, when you look up a, uh, a federal case, always go to the DOJ press release. That's going to always typically give you the best information, all right? So, so more than 100 kilograms. So, look, in the press release, they're saying uh, to distribute more than 100 kilograms of controlled substance on Long Island and in New Jersey, okay? So, it doesn't say, though, if it was cocaine. Oh, okay. Now it says here, distributed more than 100 kilograms of cocaine, heroin. Okay, so this is all together, all the drugs, which is very important to know, okay? So, but in the indictment, right? The indictment count one, they're saying here five kilograms or more of a substance containing cocaine and 280 grams containing a cocaine base. Um, yeah. So you know what? Let's go on the lower end here. Okay. So what I got here, guys, is the United States Sentencing Commission, right? Let's let's start doing the numbers here and see how much time our boy Fetty Wap is looking at. So, and this is just for the cocaine, by the way. So we got here. Hmm. All right, level 38. So we're going to have to go down quite a bit. And the way sentencing works, guys, is by um is by is by um by levels, right? The higher the level, the more you're, you the more uh, you you're going to be in trouble, my friends. Um so let's go down here quite a bit. Okay. So we got um and we're looking at drug offenses here, okay? So we got um okay, level 8. We need we're we're looking at cocaine. Okay, less than 50 grams of cocaine. No, no. What is this? Is this street-level shit, man? Nobody cares about a 50 grams of cocaine. All right, so we're living at, um, okay, 300. Nope, nope, nope. We don't care. 500 grams. No. We need, to, we need to get into kilos here. Okay, so okay, so we're getting close. So we got here uh, 3.5 kilograms, but less than 5 kilograms. Nope, it's going to be mm, probably... At least five kilograms. Okay, so he's looking at level thirty, guys. Is what it looks like to me. Like, let's go back and look in the indictment, right? So, the indictment, guys, right, is okay. And Wiggins, as a result of their own conduct, so five kilograms or more of a substance containing cocaine. So they were basically so because you got to read these indictments very closely, guys, to figure it out because the the. When it comes to sentencing, sentencing guys, when it comes to drugs, it's all off of the quantity. So that's why I'm being very accurate about this. So we can actually have a real picture. So it goes here. One kilogram or more of a substance containing heroin. Okay, so we'll talk about We'll look at the heroin charges in a second. And then five kilograms or more of a substance containing cocaine. Okay, so let's pull up those sentencing guidelines again. Where is it? Um, okay, bam. Here it is. Okay, so we're looking at level 30 here. All right, level 30. So at least five, kilo, five kilograms, but less than 15 kilograms. Okay, so level 30 for the cocaine. Now, let's look at the heroin. They got them for one kilo of heroin, right? Let's look at that again. Uh, da -da -da. Okay, one kilogram or more of a substance containing heroin. So let's look at it. Okay, level 28. 700, nope, it's actually, it's probably going to be level 20. Oh, okay. So he got two, 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 one kilograms. Okay, then let's. Okay, so he's at a level thirty for cocaine and level thirty for heroin. Okay, 
<laughs> oh man, this is not looking good. All right, so now let's look at the sentencing table. 30. Oh Lord, he's looking at 97 to 121 months. Ninety-seven months is about eight years, and one hundred twenty twenty-one months. One hundred twenty months is ten years. So, ten years. So we're looking at ten years and one month, guys, that he's looking at right now for this. And mind you, he has heroin and cocaine. All right. So I don't know if they're going to try to run it concurrently for him or if it's going to be consecutive. So that's not good because he has two different types of drugs. And then on top of that, guys, remember the purity of the drug also matters. So he might get even more time based on the, 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 the purity of the drugs. Now, just so you guys know, when it comes to the feds, 80% or more is considered pure, which means you get substantially more time. All right. So, uh, yeah, this is not looking good whatsoever. Whew. Okay. So that's how much time we're looking at for our boy Fetty Wap. Okay, guys, he's looking at somewhere between eight to 10 years. Okay. And let's see here. I highlighted this level 34. If they do, in fact, prove that he was distributing 100 kilos or more, he's looking at 151 to 188 months, 151 divided by 12, that's 12 and a half years, and then 188 divided by 12 is 15 years. So we might not be hearing anything about coming back my way, bro. He going to be going, <laughs> prison, won't you come my way? Okay. That was uh, I'm gonna give myself a, that was a dub on that one. My singing skills are not that good. Um, now, guys, I want to tell you something about the feds and uh, how the feds don't lose, guys. Number one, number two, this was obviously a higher level drug trafficking organization. These guys are dealing with bricks. These guys aren't just dealing with little grams and shit like that. These guys were doing a sophisticated drug organization where they're using transportation, interstate. U.S. Postal Inspection Service using it. Uh, sorry, they're using the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, you got corrections officer, correction officers driving drugs. They're interstate between New Jersey and Long Island and New York and New Jersey distributing drugs, and they're bringing their drugs in from California. This is a sophisticated organization. There's no way there weren't informants and undercovers, and they were listening to phones. Guys, it is not looking good for Fetty Wap, bro. It is a wrap for him. And here's the other thing, too. I think Fetty Wap kind of understands what's going on here. So check this out. He made this very cryptic Instagram post uh, on his Instagram. As you guys can see, FettyWop1738, right, um, with the blue check. So that's how you know it's him. This was posted on what, – what day was this posted on? I think it was on November – like, shit, when the hell was it? 12 weeks ago. So it was posted sometime in November. It was after he got arrested. But here you guys can go. Loyalty can be both a great trait and a deadly one. Choose wisely with who you stand – with but never change what you stand for never bend never fold head up like a nosebleed i'm on borrow hashtag i'm on borrowed time if it ain't life it ain't forever i'll be back better wiser and smarter guys he knows he's going in he knows it to me it sounds like he's like fuck it i'm gonna take the l I'm going to go to prison. I'm going to do my time. I'm going to plead guilty. I'm going to try to, you know, uh, get... And remember, guys, this is... Oh, did I mention, by the way... Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Look, this guys, just so you know, this is assuming 
he has this is no this is at a one or zero with no criminal history. <laughs> He's looking at ten, uh, eight to uh, eight to ten years. Okay, he has other cases on him right now. I think he has one for DUI and one for assault. So he might get a criminal history bump over here, where he might do hundred eight to one hundred thirty five months. You know what I'm saying? So it's not looking good guys um he's looking at a substantial amount of time we looked at the sentencing guidelines we looked at the indictment we looked at what he's looking at um the feds are involved so i already know they're not going to lose uh they had electronic surveillance they were listening to phones guys they did six search warrants it's not looking good guys all right um yeah so uh let's see here all right i guess i'll open it up for q a at this point um what i foresee happening actually you know what my prediction He's going to plead guilty. If he's smart, he's going to cooperate because this organization is big. You know what I'm saying? So assuming he is in the position that they say he is where he's a you know kilogram redistributor, he needs to give up all the guys that he puts on with, with the drugs because he's clearly been doing this for a while. So in other words, if Miss uh, Denise, a.k.a. Tits McGee, is the one tell, you know making the deals and everything like that, like, hey, I got this guy here, I got this guy there, ba-da-da, she's Fetty Wap. She needs to give up all her contacts that she gives the drugs to. Because every because remember, guys, I guarantee you Fetty Wap doesn't actually touch the drugs. He just probably knows people in the streets. Because remember, he used to be involved with drug trafficking himself before the music. He probably knows people in the streets that he would hook up with the drugs. He needs to give all those guys up. Because each of those guys that he's dealing with, that he's giving them kilos, those guys are regional type suppliers. A kilo of drugs, guys, is is a lot. It's about two and a half, it's it's uh, two point two pounds. You know what I'm saying? One kilo is about 2.2 pounds. So if you cut that up the way these guys are doing, times four, et cetera, you could stretch that out and you could you could, you could could serve a whole area. You know what I'm saying? So for him to get some time off, he's going to have to accept responsibility, number one. He's going to have to give up those other people and cooperate, man. Now, if he doesn't want to cooperate, that's fine. It doesn't To me, I don't think he's going to tell. To be honest with you, I don't think he's going to tell. And he's probably looking at doing the eight years because... I know his criminal history isn't too bad, and what he's what his defense attorney is probably going to do is going to try to say, "Hey, he had a minimal role. He only facilitated. Um, uh, he 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 was a middleman. He just helped people get the drugs. He never touched the drugs. He never actually distributed it. He just plugged people in with other people. That's it. That's all he did. That's what his defense attorney is going to say. He's going to say he has a minimal role, which will help him get less time. But what I predict is, there's no way around it. They got him dead to rights. They got 1.5 million in cash. Let me show you guys these pictures again, man. Goddamn, it is not." Good. Let me, uh, where is it? Okay. I'll show you guys these pictures again. It's, um, so they got him. Cause here, like I told y'all before, bro, the feds don't have to prove that you, um, they don't have to prove that you touched the drugs or you were like, you know, they don't have to prove any of that. All they got to do is prove that you're involved in a criminal activity. You don't have to ever touch the drugs, man. Conspiracy is for real guys. All you need for conspiracy, let me make this very clear for you guys. For the feds, conspiracy, all you need is an agreement between one or more between two or more people and an overt act. Okay? So, and here's the here's the dope, right? And here's the secret they use this to make the secret compartments probably in the vehicles and shit. Right? And here's the money. So, for conspiracy, I'm going to use me and Miss Tits again, okay? So, me and her, we decide we're going to be drug dealers. All right, so I get the drugs from Fresh in Barbados. I get the drugs, right? And then I conspire with her 
to distribute said drugs, but she never touches them. All she does is find me buyers, okay? So she makes a phone call and finds a buyer for me. So we made an agreement to sell drugs together, and then she does the overt act of calling buyers. That is considered an overt act in the eyes of the U.S. government, guys. So now I'm going to go down for possession with intent to distribute, and she's going to go down for conspiracy because we both agreed to drug traffic together, and she committed an overt act even though she was never in touch of she never touched the drugs. But since she was involved in a conspiracy and made it happen through an overt act, done. It's fucking next thing you know, jail time. FBI, open up! And that's all it takes, guys. And that's why federal drug cases are so hard to beat. Okay? Especially conspiracy. That's how they take these down these guys down on conspiracy things all the time. So um all right, cool. So let's open it up for Q&A. Um, oh, yeah, and then Fresh would get arrested in Barbados. Uh, the AV Network guy, five bucks. If he discloses whoever worked with him, wouldn't that put him or his family in jeopardy based on the drugs organization influence and power? It could. It could, which is probably why he ain't going to tell. You know what I'm saying? It, it definitely could. Um, but I, I honestly, I don't think he's going to tell. Uh, Gangu Roach, five bucks. Fetty was never involved with drugs before the rap game. That's Cap. His CEO was heavy in the game. The CEO has me temporarily running the label RGF. Okay. <laughs> if you say so, man. Let's see. What else do we have here? Um, and we got uh, buy one BBL, get one free. Question. Since this was clearly, well, this was a clearly run organization, why didn't they get hit with racketeering? Or is that just for organized gangs? Good fucking question. Um, the reason why it they didn't get hit with racketeering, guys, is because they weren't an organized gang. Okay? Remember, for you to do a racketeering case, you need to establish that it's a, a highly sophisticated gang, okay, that operates together for the betterment of said gang. So that is why um, they did not charge this as a RICO case because they're not a clearly defined criminal organization. If anything, these guys are operating how most drug trafficking organizations do, which is a lot of the time, guys, most drug trafficking organizations operate like this. And what that means is they're compartmentalized. So Fetty Wap might not even know his defend his co-defendants, guys. He might not even know them. He might have never met them. You know, which is why snitching is so prevalent in drug cases. The reason why snitching is so prevalent in drug cases is because you don't know who the fuck the other guys are in the organization. And they do that on purpose. So if one guy gets caught, he can't necessarily, he doesn't have all the information to snitch on everyone else. Typically, it's guys higher up on a totem pole that have more information. But the drivers, the mules, the um, the guys that are like the wholesale distributor, etc., they don't really know each other like that. You might know one or two people in the organization, but you don't know everybody. You know what I'm saying? So this is how most drug organizations actually operate, where it's like a layer of separation or a layer. Uh, there's a layer of uh, there's a layer of separation between different um, factions of the drug trafficking organization. That is why they didn't prosecute this as a racketeering case. Uh, I read that one. That was a good question from our boy B buy one BBL get one free. Hope you guys learned a lot on this one, bro. I dropped a lot of sauce on this one, on how drug cases work, etc. Um, Kubo Dennis, Denise, cuando vamos a, I don't know what that means. Al bar. What does that mean? When are we going to the bar? Oh, okay. When, when are you going to bar with him? Never. <laughs> He's a baby. He's yeah, a you're baby. too young, bro. I'm not. I'm not a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> the AV Network guy. Great info, Myron. Many gems. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, we got here, uh, Isaac J. Smooth. Can you do a freeway... Uh, Ricky case, potentially. If it's federal, I can. I could do a state one too, but state cases suck, guys. 
that was for Denise in Nicaragua. It's what they do. Oh, the, the lip thing when they point with their lip. That's true. Oh, uh, okay, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, let's see here, and then we got um, what else do we got here? Do we have any other chats? Um, do you point at things? Oh, okay, that was that. No, that yeah, was from before, right? I had a feeling he was talking about that, but I wasn't sure. Okay, I'm gonna pull up the super chats here. Um, tell the people about yourself or something. I don't know. Um, while I pull this up. Okay, well, I'm Denise. Um, you were on the show a while ago, right? I was. I was on the, uh, what was it called? It's the late night show, right? After Hours? The After Hours. I yep. was there. Um, I'm 29 years old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. <laughs> old as hell, bro. Yeah, yeah, but wise. Fine as wine. <laughs> and uh, I'm an administrator at Dr. Finley Medical Center, a medical office in Hialeah Gardens. Oh, shit. Hialeah. Yeah. But hey, um, we got the job done there. Uh, there's free STD testing there, just so everybody knows. <laughs> free HIV testing. Um, yeah. Oh, you can get COVID vaccines there if you need to. Okay. So. All right. I think I got the Super Chats uh, set up here. <laughs> okay. So let's see here. We got... Uh, that was a test. Well done, Denise. Two bucks from Myron Jr. Okay, so you're not going to go to jail. You will not have the FBI after you for uh, pedophilia. Okay, what was your major in college and how long? This is from Nate Carr Reviews. I majored in criminal justice, guys, and I uh, went to college at Northeast University, graduated in 2013 with a bachelor's in criminal justice. While I was there, I was an intern for Homeland Security Investigations. That's how I got the job. Then I resigned from the agency in 2020. Uh, Burning Wolf, five bucks all the way from Great Brand. Can you explain the history of RICO law? It seems to be created to combat New York Mafia in 1970s. How has it shaped law enforcement before and after? Okay, I will give you guys a quick little uh, history lesson on RICO. RICO, guys, was, was uh, created in the 1970s to go after the mafia because the reason why was because it was very difficult for them to go after sophisticated criminal organizations, and they could not get people to cooperate against higher-ups in the organization because they weren't facing that much time. If I'm only going to go get pinched, right, as they would say, I'm only going to get pinched for five months. I don't care. I'll do it at a time. You know, they don't, they don't care. Like, like, forget about it. I'll just go to jail, right? But if I'm going to get pinched for life, right, I might snitch. And what they were able to do with the racketeering laws was now you're able to charge the higher-ups in the organization that are ordering the hits, okay? So... And everyone involved in, in the chain. So if you're able to charge the organization as a whole for a crime, now you can actually start doing some damage. So that's what the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office did uh, in the 1970s to go after the mafia to break into them, was to get people to cooperate and snitch. The RICO laws were critical in that. AV Network Guy, if he discloses whoever worked with him, wouldn't that put him on? I read that one before. Thank you, AV Network Guy. Uh... I'm looking through the chats real quick, guys. Um, oh, it looks like I got most of the chats, guys, because I'm I'm looking through here. Um, Stephen Avery making a murder on Netflix. I remember watching that, guys. I will see, man. Uh, but that's a state case, guys. The state cases suck. Uh, peanut butter, Aaron Chris. Did someone say peanut butter? Two dollars. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, Myron Jr. I had a nice nanny. Yo, she was bad. Managua. Managua. What does that mean? Uh, it's a city in Nicaragua. Okay. It's a capital. It's a capital? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see here. And I'm looking through, guys, making sure I don't miss any of these chats. Give me some ones in the chat if you guys really enjoyed today's episode, man. I think this one was better than the Hush Puppy one. Uh, Keem Chillin', let's go. Pump for tonight. Definitely do Kwame Kilpatrick. That's five bucks from JRe313. Isaac J. Smooth. Sheesh, bro, was worried you weren't going to... Okay, read that one. I love this channel from W. Alfonso. Uh... 
Did you see that one? Which one? Uh, uh, can you read it for me? Free, hold on, what? Freeway, Ricky was definitely federal, dabbled with the CIA. That's why I asked. Snowfall, the series was based on him. Okay. I, I, could, uh, I could do that. Um, oh, $2, buy one BBL, get one free. I'm a well-known Miami doctor with Groupon deals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Are you looking for a BBL? No, you're not? Okay. No, I don't like that look. Uh, Samuel Silver, five bucks. Anyone who doesn't like fake DDs is either lying or hasn't been with them before. Also, wrench. <laughs> oh, Sam, yeah. Sam, comment something right now so I can give you a wrench. <laughs> comment something right now, and I got you. Oh, you guys want Epstein. I will give you Epstein as well, guys. Don't worry. Um, the reason why I haven't done Epstein, guys, is because Aisha's supposed to help me with that case. Um, she actually helped me with writing the outline. So uh, I don't want to do it uh, without her here because that one is going to be very extensive, that one. So, uh, okay, there we go, Sam. I'm going to give you a wrench right now, my friend. Why won't it let me go? I'm going to give you that wrench right now. Okay, boom. You got the wrench, bro. Okay, I think I'm caught up on Super Chats, guys. Um, I'll refresh it one more time just to make sure I didn't miss anything with y'all. And guys, thank you so much for the donations. Um, this money will be used to get Denise new boobs. Just kidding. <laughs> That's we ain't simps out here. <laughs> BZS. Uh, five, uh, well, your doctor did a good job. You don't. You don't even really need a new, no, new tech job. Not yet. Um, love show. Can you pull up Google images more often, like images of drugs, IGs, gangs involved, interstate pics, departments, locations, etc. Yeah, I could do that. I could definitely do that for y'all. Um, hey, Marin, have you dealt with drugs going into Canada? How much is the mark up slash period of the drugs? Yes, I have dealt with drugs going into Canada. They go up significantly once they make it into Canada, guys. They go up a lot. And that's seven bucks from Canada. Thank you so much for that super chat. Marlon is cute and she is pretty. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, Isaac J. Smoove, uh, Denise read that one. So, all right, cool. I think we're caught up, guys. Um, this one was a shorter one. I think we're under two hours on this one. What are the likes at, though? Are we at? Um, let's see what the engagement is like. Guys, we should easily have 2,000 likes on this goddamn video. I gave you guys a lot of heat. Yeah. No one on YouTube gives this much information on how uh, federal cases work in general or drug cases. Guys, we only got 1.4K likes. Come on, man. Like the video. I, I barely stopped the video to get the likes up. You know what I'm saying? So do me a solid and like the video. All right? It helps a lot. Like the video for her leopard jacket that she took off. Yeah. Yeah. I took off my jacket for you guys. There you go. That's not fair. Like the video, goddammit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like the video. But anyway, with that said, guys, um, you got anything you want to tell the people? Um... Why are you looking at me like that? Because <laughs> I, I don't know what to say, but um... all right, fantastic. <laughs> Women, Sorry. No. <laughs> charisma on fire. You, great charisma right there. I was your. I, you told me I'm your assistant. Not, not this. I'm not good at this. I warned you. I'm very shy. You shy with those tits? Bro, I know you ain't shy with them things. This is, I'm confident with them, but I'm still shy. Pathetic. <laughs> All right, well, like the video, guys. Um, yo, tomorrow we're going to have Bam Kev where we're going to talk about NFTs and making money on the metaverse, guys. Um, and yeah, other than that, we're going to, uh, what else are we going to do tomorrow? Oh, we're going to have a late night show. It's Valentine's Day, uh, Valentine's Day tomorrow. 
well technically today it's so 14 today. today so um yeah guys other than that man you know uh i i wish fetty wap the best honestly i hope nothing happens but guys it's it's not it's not good man it's definitely not good he's um i i think he's gonna have to plead guilty they got a very strong case they got wiretaps guys it's a wrap um which uh what did that one say burning wolf which one you, the one you just had the highlighted one okay hold on let me go down like the video guys by the way while we read this last chat uh still shadow ban on the main channel it was fun to follow the channel but seems that it comes to an end good luck for future success though what you're 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 shadow banned i'll talk with chris bro we got you burning wolf don't worry about that i'll uh i'll make sure that you you aren't shadow banned my friend i got you uh anything else that i might have missed here uh no, I think you have everything. okay in a days i'm 25 game my life right going to school for x-ray tech yeah bro go ahead in a days uh do your thing man go oh, go to school guys go to college if it's going to benefit you and get you a job if it ain't going to get you a job bro don't do it college is a scam did you go to college you miss mcgee well, did, 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 did you go to college i'm a college dropout your college dropout yes oh what'd you, what'd you uh what'd you major in before you dropped out stupid um i was <laughs> i i got my associates in science i was supposed to become a nurse um but then i just started working on my job uh learning a lot about it putting so much hours into it dedication and i just dropped out of college you said, fuck it. i said fuck it and then i actually really did make it as an administrator there and um then i started doing my side hustle which is which was what which is medical credentialing. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So what I do is on the side, I work for other doctors, helping them with the inspections and contracting. Um, I usually have the hookups for all the Miami-Dade contracts um, with the medical insurances. So that's what I usually do. Oh, okay. Yeah. All and right. Inspections, like I told you. Inspections. So, so you help the doctors get the licensing to 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 to, to give people boobs and BBLs. Yeah, and I also help people. Uh, <laughs> oh God. Uh, okay. Yeah. I also help with um, with HEDIS, which is with... Is that how you found your plastic surgeon? No. Oh, okay. No, I just did research on real self. Okay, all right. You, you didn't give them as... It's Miami. I don't know. I don't like usually going with people I know too well. Okay, all right. That would... Okay, well, that makes know, sense. That's just me. Hey, I know you really well. I kind of don't want you to put a knife on my boob and... Yeah, and yeah. Put like, me... I've seen you doing bad things. I don't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you at the bar doing strange things. I don't want yeah, you yeah, operating yeah. on me. Like, I know you self-medicate. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't want to know that part of... Doctors began down, bro. They be, yeah, they be yeah, some they of really the... Do. They, and they act like they have a very high tolerance. You yeah, they be going know. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. And the nurses, everybody. Oh, nurses? There's a reason why Chris always hits that fucking button. You know what I'm saying? Anytime, oh, I'm a nurse. And he's just like... Yeah, but not all nurses. All nurses are amazing people, though. Don't get it twisted. Of course, you got yes, to give the politically correct fucking... They know how to have a good time because, you know, you just see a lot. So you learn to cherish life. <laughs> it's true. All right. Like the fucking video. Because I, I, I had to grind through that. By the way, guys, um, <laughs> no other chats came in? I'm checking now. Okay. Uh, oh, Big Al? Get... Uh, Tommy Soto, Soto between those cheeks. <laughs> yeah, Tommy Soto, what does that mean? Uh, Tommy Soto was on the show the other day uh, with us, and we had this. <laughs> we try to stay away from race, but it always happens with Tommy. He goes in and he just like starts going in on on uh, you know a bunch of topics that I will not mention on this Feta channel because this <laughs> this is a a show on crime drama, not race drama. But that's a whole <laughs> other thing. But um, other than that, guys, yo, love you guys so much, man like the video i hope you guys enjoyed that show um and yeah man i'm gonna be back tomorrow i think we're gonna do the show with bandman kevo like 5 or 6 p.m eastern standard time and then we're gonna do a, a show with the ladies uh after hours at 8 p.m all right but other than that guys thank you so much i'll catch you guys later
And uh, I got to hit the outro here. Let me, I'll show you guys this little cool outro I got. Shout out to Kaizen Graphics, by the way, for doing this for me, man. Thank you guys. Peace. Like the video. Uh, NCIS. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Let's, let's break this down, too. Uh, okay. So NCIS, Army CID, or AKS, guys. These, these companies, 